1: Hey everyone, Chris Hansen here of Hansen vs. Predators and Canter Predator. Why don't you have a seat right over there and listen to Kyle and Brandon, our podcast.
0: According to my chat logs, Kyle and
1: Brandon have interesting guests. No, I hated it. Yeah. Everybody's sweaty, everybody's on drugs, so they're super sweaty but also touchy. And then they touch your face and you leave there and the next day you have pimples. Fantastic conversation. He's underground in a lab, floating in a tank of water because he almost died. And most important, no predators. You know, like the drama died, and my brain was like, oh yeah, there was a murder.
0: (laughs) Do not take product if you are hypersensitive.
2: Oh, hey, internet. Welcome back to another episode of the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, and Intoxicated is a comedy variety talk show where I shoot the shit with comedians, creators, and characters. And happy Halloween, everybody. My favorite time of the year. I've been loving it. Normally, um, I would try to do some sort of spooky paranormal episode. That's not really the case this week, but it kind of is at the same time. Let me explain. This week's guest is my good friend and comedian Alva Marie Sparkles. This one is quite near and dear to my heart for a number of reasons. Number one, there is some spookiness attached to it because Alva produced the Spooky Bitches comedy show that happened, I guess when this comes out, it happened yesterday. It happened on Thursday... When I'm recording this, it happened tonight. And what a show it was. It was absolutely spectacular. Great crowd. Everybody did so good. I'm legitimately beaming at how much fun I had and just how well Alva did at putting this awesome spooky Halloween comedy show together. There was such a good crowd there. People dressed up for it. Specifically, there was a table of older women that came out and they all had witches hats on. And literally, I loved it so much. It was the cutest thing I have ever seen. So while we couldn't necessarily promote the Spooky Bitches Comedy Show, Alva did come on the podcast and we talked about some really, really important stuff. And we did so with some candle magic. And honestly, guys, by candle magic, I mean we lit some colored candles and had some really deep heart-to-hearts. So maybe not quite candle magic, but... Um, This episode we do talk a lot about personal growth, self-confidence, coming into our own, dealing with depression and mental illness, dealing with all the shitty aspects of ourselves that we're kind of forced to face in adulthood. And another big chunk of this episode is talking about grief. Both of us have lost close friends under different circumstances, of course. And I can't tell you just how nice it was to sit down with somebody who understands it, who's going through it herself. And it was, I just got to say, it's cheesy to say it, but it was a healing episode. I truly think it was needed for both of us to have this conversation. And I hope that it resonates with you as well. I do want to give a big plug to a show that Alva and I are both on uh, coming up very, very soon. That is Tuesday, November 3rd. It is Ladies Night at Oasis. I am hosting and Alva is the headliner. So If you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoy us, come on out and see us at Ladies' Night along with a bunch of other women. It is a 8 p.m. start time. It's election night. Come on out anyways. It's going to be a blast. I'm so excited to host. Slash incredibly nervous, but but nerves always turn into excitement eventually. Do make sure to follow Intoxicated on social media. That is Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast on Twitter at in underscore Intoxicated. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts, but also do make sure to check out the YouTube channel and subscribe over there as well. Throw me a rating or review my way on Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. It does help the podcast quite a bit. So leave a rating, make it five stars because no one likes a negative nelly and leave an awesome review and if it's funny and awesome enough i will read it on the podcast and of course another great way to spread the word about the podcast is to share it on social media tag Intoxicated, and i will repost it i always love when people do that it really just makes me smile and of course you guys tell your friends just tell them tell them in person you can't beat word of mouth going to get to this episode. I want to wish you all a very happy Halloween. I can't wait to watch the new craft movie. I can't wait to make candy apples and have friends over. Ugh, I just love Halloween so much. So happy Halloween to you. And guys, enjoy this week's episode with Alva Marie Sparkles. All right.
1: Yeah, this is my voice. This is how I speak. This is my normal level. This is this is my voice.
2: We good to go. We made it. It was a journey. It was a journey. It was a journey, but we made it here, Alba, <laughs> much later than we intended. Yes. But that's how it goes. Uh, were
1: we? Yeah, uh, we're only like four hours late. It's fine.
2: <laughs> Listen, we were doing important work. We were. We were filming TikToks. Yes, we were. And we were feeding our bodies. Yes. Very important.
1: We earned it. Those TikTok videos are good. I'm proud of those. (laughs) We made TikToks. Oh, it's so exciting. I was just talking to my coworkers about how I was too old to do TikToks. And then you messaged me to do TikToks, (laughs) which is beautiful. It is actually like such a
2: wild community an app like i don't have
1: you have you looked at it at all yeah like i did explore it a little bit um during the like lockdown when i was bored as shit yeah and i was like this is very cool but i also feel like i just not tech savvy enough to like really make it work for me it's actually, i'm always down but like it's quite hard yeah yeah
2: It's actually quite, and and there's really weird, like, little things about the app that make it really, like, not user-friendly, and it really sucks, but, I mean, once you kind of learn the basics, you kind of figure it out. You just have to kind of navigate around, like, the little stupid things. Mm. For me, like, I've realized, like, there's this weird community of TikTokers here in Halifax, like, people who, like, TikTok, like, almost every day, really, and they have, and my plan, My plan is to make friends with them so that they can can teach you. Then they can teach me, but also they can promote comedy shows with all those followers. Let's recruit them. There's a bunch of uh, TikTokers, like there's a bunch of women doing it that I'm legit like, I'd love to have an episode of like maybe two TikTokers on. Yeah. Like and find out about like, it's just wild to me the idea of like filming your life every day.
1: Yeah, but like also it's like a very short form thing. So I'd almost be hesitant to like, get somebody like that on a podcast because it's such different format would they be like would
2: they be able to like you met Tori Tori does it blonde Tori oh yeah 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 she does it all the time sweet she's interesting I don't know I think you gotta find the right people Um, but like quippy people yes exactly yeah we'll, we'll get some tiktokers on um, and That'd then be fun we'll go viral but you guys i'm so excited i have a very awesome guest today a returning guest good good friend of mine miss
1: alva marie Sparkles. Yes, me. excited welcome to
2: the podcast
1: again thank you thank you for having me again it's been, been about a year it has actually it doesn't seem like it oh, because of the pandemic <laughs>
2: yeah
1: that's it has been wild it yeah. still
2: feels like you and i are new friends i can't yes. believe it's been a year that's yeah. crazy that's insane. is it is it like is it bad or good that time went by so fast i don't I know think it's good i think it means that we're just having fun and we're comfortable you know that's very true that's very true we wasted our lives away indoors for six months yeah true oh god well i mean but you we're back at it you wrote. haven't been on since since the pandemic how was your how? Uh, well, we're still in the pandemic, but I guess how was your lockdown?
1: Because we're not um, in lockdown now. It was challenging, for sure. Um, yeah. One of the things was I recognize that I am very, very lucky to have retained my job. Um that was very fortunate for me. It's financially it worked out very well for me, but it was also kind of like in a weird spot where everybody else was like chilling and doing nothing and bragging about how they had nothing but time and I was literally working like overtime all the time. I was stressed out. I was like overworked where everybody else around me was, was underworked. Yeah, and it That's was really weird. Wild. It was weird. Yeah. Cuz I
2: was on the opposite end. So mm-hmm. you were
1: on the overworked end.
2: Yeah. And I was like definitely on the underworked end. And I don't know which is better or worse. I truly don't. No. Uh, They both suck. (laughs) They both suck, yeah. I think the ideal thing, the ideal situation would be you keep your job. You maintain the level of work it doesn't mm-hmm. get busier or not busier like yeah and you just get to work from home that would be the ideal thing it would but be there's so many thing. people like there's all these adjustments to working from home um but then a lot of people like freelancers and shit like they weren't affected because they've been used to working from home yes so like those people i think had it the best yeah because they got to maintain the routine hmm And nothing really changed one way or another. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And ideally what they would have done is hired more people. So more people had jobs and the people who had jobs weren't overworked. But it wasn't long term enough to justify training a bunch of new people. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the situation that everybody was in. And I think maybe if we had realized how long it was going to go on for. Yeah. We could have done that. But like nobody knew what to expect. And we still don't know. Like... That's the wild thing. So we're, I mean, listeners, you guys know
2: that we're in Halifax and quite lucky to be doing comedy again. And, yes. And venues are able to do it. I mean, not so much live music here. Like here and there, I think places are doing live music, but like spread generally out. speaking, um, you can sit at a table and watch comedy. Yeah. Which
1: is fabulous. For yeah, us. comedy is actually a fairly like spread out pandemic friendly. It is. Art form. It is. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's doable. It is. And it's crazy because. People in the States, I mean, like, I've been following comics in the States, and like, they're, they're taking it way more seriously than us. Like, but yeah, but they've had it way worse than they've us. They've had it way worse. <laughs> like, um, Nikki Glazer, um, like, she doesn't have to wear a mask when she's actually doing comedy, and she's been, she's been doing it. Yeah. So she's been doing comedy with a mask on.
1: Yeah, which is, How wild I is feel that? like she could rock that, though. Like, she is oh, that personality yeah. type that she could do it. Oh, uh, yeah. But it is crazy. Like, my one of our offices in the UK closed on Friday again because of the pandemic second wave kind of thing yeah so that's terrifying because we're all getting used to getting back into a regular routine and it's very much around the corner that it could shut down again so enjoy your life now (laughs) do you know what's funny and this is wild that i'm saying this
2: i would be okay with it i feel so busy and overwhelmed right now honestly like I can't I can't believe I'm saying that I was so fucking depressed in the pandemic but um podcasts can still happen you can record remotely Mm -hmm. um which is great but like honestly if things slowed down I wouldn't mind
1: a little bit of a little bit of a break (laughs) Well, and it's weird because I feel like everyone was getting into the point where they were learning how to be comfortable in lockdown, and then it ended. And then it ended,
2: and then you were sprung back into things, and now we're getting comfortable again, but now we're getting that fear of, like, we can't get too comfortable. Yeah. Because. Everybody's on the edge of their seat, I feel like. It's just a wild, wild time. But, like, what did it feel like for you getting back up? on stage? It was...
1: It was strange. Like, my first performance back, um, it was... I very much didn't have my sea legs, if you know what I mean. Like, I was still doing... My first one back was actually a professional level show, which was probably Which was your first one back? Um, it was Lawn Laughs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was like a booked, paid show. And I did all my best jokes. Like, it, there was no reason why it should have gone poorly. And it didn't, really. Like, I definitely didn't bomb. They gave me really nice compliments. But I just was not myself. Why? Like, it was just awkward. Like, the jokes were the same, but the delivery was not. Right. <laughs> Oof. That would do it. And that was interesting
2: about me starting Mm -hmm. when I did, because Travis told me he was like, everyone's gonna be rusty. Yeah. Not that everyone's starting at the same level, because that's certainly not the case. No. But it's a good time to start because, like, everyone is going to be right. Everybody's going to. Yeah. Exactly. So it's very weird time to start stand-up.
1: To yeah. <laughs> just be like, oh, it okay, is. I'm going to start this crazy thing. Like, But wild. it's actually been very good for stand-up because it is one of the easier art forms. We've had more consistent audience turnout than we have had over the last couple of years that's so true and it's been really really nice i've been really enjoying that part of it yeah consistent
2: audiences um and like tons of opportunities every week to go up there are
1: tons literally the only days that you don't
2: have things would be like friday and saturday
1: yeah and we're still waiting for yucks to rise from the dead like a phoenix and fill that void for us again we do some sort of séance yes <laughs> right now
2: this is number 1 i love how we look right now look how spooky and awesome we look we look awesome um we this is coming out on friday the 30th we just did a comedy show. We this just is- did a comedy show. How oh, yeah. awesome was oh, it? How
1: wicked was that? We did oh, so good. Great. I'm sure oh, my we. God. I'm sure we would have crushed it. We <laughs> we
2: did great. There was a great turnout. Yeah. So spooky bitches comedy show. Remember
1: when Jimmy Kimmel was there?
2: <laughs> we do didn't have a surprise guest though. We do have a surprise guest. And That's very exciting. But so this Halloween comedy show happened. I, so I remember talking to you about the idea of a Halloween show, Mm -hmm. and you were like, yeah, I'd love to do a Halloween show, like spooky bitches. And I was like, I'd love to do a Halloween show too, but I have no time. Yes, (laughs) yes. So then I was like, how can I, how can we make this happen in a way that I help, but like it's your idea? (laughs) So I nudged you and I messaged you, being like, Elvis,
1: well, you found me the venue and you basically gave me no excuse. (laughs) It was the little push.
2: I just was like, the, Sn- Snigley's, the old Snigley's, which is now the basement of the shoe, mm-hmm.
1: is now open, and it's such a good stage. Yes. Just saying. Well, because I was very worried that it was too tight because I had decided I wanted to do that in early October, and then I got really busy that week, and then it was three weeks till showtime, and I didn't think it was doable, and you were just like, just do it anyway.
2: Just, just do, do it. it. Just we got this. <laughs> you did one show before. This will just be toned down. It's all good. and like And... You, you sprung into
1: gear. You got promo up. And it went from being a cute little show to uh, quite an ordeal, quite quickly. an ordeal. <laughs> yes.
0: mm-hmm.
2: But I'm so proud of like what you've pulled together. and like Thank I'm you. so. This is in the past, but I'm so wildly excited to to do it um and like imagine how
1: awkward this episode is gonna be it's it's fucking
2: no one shows up (laughs) like we all do bad like let's hope it's somewhere in the middle like let's keep our
1: our expectations like realistic you know we're all gonna do okay 50 percent capacity everybody did pretty pretty decent (laughs) yeah no one bombed no one killed yeah (laughs) yeah it it was it was all right it was it was a pretty decent night
2: It's going to be so fun, though. I think it's... Yeah. I'm so stoked like that you asked me to be on it. Like, I do consider myself a spooky bitch. Although, like, I wouldn't say that I I elude it every single day. Like, I can bring it out.
1: Yes. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. And
2: when I bring it out, I really bring it out. Yes. But that's something that, like... It's in your back pocket. It's in my back pocket. Something that I'm always thinking about, like, is, like, personal style. And, like, how you present yourself to the world. And, like... I feel like I was never the type like just the idea of working an office job and like wearing office clothes and like blazers and shit never appealed to me. But I feel like personal style is like always evolving. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like about getting to that point where like I do have a style like you have a style.
1: It's you ridiculous. very much do, though. <laughs>
2: but the the you, but you incorporate it every day. Would yes, you say? I do. Yeah. Like yeah, it's something yeah, yeah. that every day you mm-hmm. have something. Yes. Colorful, yeah. a little bit yeah. flashy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I admire that in you because. I sometimes, sometimes, I dress boring and I'm just like, I just don't feel like
1: myself. Yeah, it does no, change your mood. It really does. It really, really does. And it's does. a bit silly that it does, but it mm-hmm. can, it can impact you. It can really do big time impact you.
2: Do you, do you ever, what, what's like low key alva look like? Like when you're,
1: when you're literally just like, Chillin'. Do you have a chill outfit or yeah, no? Yeah, um, I have these um, <laughs> pajama pants that I purchased for my husband, but I have now stolen. And they are Mario. And then I have a t-shirt that says, Live in the Barbie Dream.
2: <laughs> That's so appropriate for you. Yep. That's fucking great. So you, you, you do tone it down. That's always what I wonder about people who are like always so stylish. I'm always like, I want to see the other side. Because there always is another side. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like I always make jokes about me. I'm like, you're either gonna see me like like in a skirt and done up, or I'm gonna look like a homeless person. Yeah. yeah. Like, like it's
1: not gonna be good. I almost like respect like the jeans and t-shirt look because I feel like that's consistent. Like you and I, I are like all or nothing. We are truly all <laughs> So we were talking about
2: this right before recording, because we hung out a bunch. Um just the idea of comedy and how there there's that layer of feeling comfortable in what you're wearing um being like thoughtful about your outfits yes um and how they come off especially as a woman yeah because it is a little more involved involved yes that's the perfect word choice and so like what's your journey been like with doing stand-up
1: and dressing oh my god it's still a nightmare It is still a nightmare. Um, I usually put on something really, really flashy that makes me feel comfortable and confident. And then I contemplate for a good hour about whether or not it's too flashy and it's going to be distracting. And then I get changed into like a little black dress. And then I worry that that's too sexual. And then I change into like a t-shirt. And then I worry that that's too boring. And then I change back to my original outfit. And then I take a bunch of pictures at the venue. And then I regret my outfit. (laughs) That's the cycle. Every single time.
2: <laughs> that is the cycle. And I don't think that I know a woman who hasn't had, like, a outfit freak out before, like, a big event or, like, a big thing, you know? Like, you need to allocate how many hours before... You leave the door. Would you say to like, because you you have your get ready time. Like mm-hmm. I know for me, like I have it down to a science. I'm like, okay, I can do hair and makeup in an hour. I can do yeah. it. I can do it. Yeah. Um.
1: If I have more than ninety minutes, I will just change over and over and over again, and it's just not productive anymore. Ooh. So I need to like wait until like close enough that I eventually just have to like pick something so that it, of like the house forces you to. Yeah. I hate that though. I
2: fucking hate when you're wearing something that you're like. I love how I look in this, but oh my god, I can't wait to
1: take it off. Mm, you know? Yeah. I just I feel like so much of comedy, especially for women, is first impressions, and it's so hard to know how it's going to go in terms of the way you look because you get evaluated on whether or not you're attractive. You get evaluated on whether or not you're too feminine or not feminine enough too flashy not flashy enough are you dorky are you boy are you boyish are yeah. you like there's just i yeah. feel like people re- slutty slutty yep slutty is a hard one and i used to really play up the slutty i was doing a lot of like daddy issues focused stuff for a mm-hmm. long time so i really played up the slutty um and i stopped doing that just because it's like i do have a fairly like sexual style but it's yeah. not i don't need to play it up you know like there's enough yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. and to a certain degree the jokes should speak for themselves you shouldn't have to wear something that oh fuck look at me exactly Mm -hmm. like you should be able to do the joke regardless of what you're wearing yeah but that being said it can help with that initial first impression
2: Mm, that's so true because i often feel like with sexual stuff or, or like, what you would say, I guess, would be, like, raunchy. Like, I feel like there's an element to, like, seeing a girl who you wouldn't expect. Exactly. And that's certainly not you and I. I think no. you and I are, like... What you see is what you get motherfuckers. This I is like us. boobies,
1: can you tell? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cocks and dicks and, cum and <laughs> <laughs> come and suicide. Come and suicide. I think that's our slogan now. <laughs> Do we have it on? Op- come and suicide. suicide. Can you get that added on the bottom there? <laughs> In like fancy like yes. fancy letters. Yes. With
2: some glitter and some we Oh, and just like one of these. <laughs> I I uh I've been thinking a lot about just the idea of, st- and not even just like your clothes style, but like your style of comedy mm. and lately, and it's something that I think a lot about, because when I started, I just never wanted to be just the sex person, or just, yes, the, yes. just the, and what I've come to determine, and this has been through, I'm on like set number, like I did my 21st set yesterday, like I'm not, I, don't, I don't know shit you guys i truly don't i'm just starting but like i going into it was so concerned about that and like trying to like trying to write clean stuff and trying to find mundane every every day you gotta just funny. find your funny first that's exactly it and that's yeah. kind of what i've learned over this this time is mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna write what i write Yeah, i'm gonna focus on stretching the muscle in the the way that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And then maybe like when I'm strong enough, Mm -hmm. the clean stuff will come to me.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people who would disagree with me, but I very much think that when you're starting out, you should just come up with as many funny things as you can. And then when you get more experience, that's when you should... Can start like weeding out, like, okay, this is my clean stuff. This is my, you know, on this topic. This is what's a good fit for this show. But I don't think you should worry about that when you're new and you're just writing stuff. Like that that yeah. to me is something that should come later oh my gosh yeah i have to i'm what's the phrase i'm
2: putting the cart before the horse is yes that it? Yeah, yeah i yeah. feel like my cart yeah i've been like pushing my cart down the hill my well, horse it's because my horse is just like slow down <laughs> you're, you're just enjoy it and, and I'm, i think i'm at a good place now there was definitely a moment i would say i had a honeymoon phase and then i had like a really bad anti-honeymoon phase yep I, I I love that you're looking at me like that because Alva knows we have a group chat and i how many times have I said that I was gonna quit coming? Yeah, a lot, a lot.
1: But you're still here, bitch.
2: I'm just gonna stop.
1: I'm just gonna take some time off. And then you go to a show and you're like, but I want that. <laughs> Can I please help?
2: That's exactly how it's been. And like, so like you've been in the game for a lot longer than me. You seem to have a good handle on like when you want to do shows, when you don't want to do shows, you don't like, what's your kind of That's one of the few things about
1: it that I do have a good handle on. Yes. Um, Well, for me, like comedy was never something that I was like, I'm going to have a career about this. I've never been somebody who, you know what? I think that's good though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's always been if I make money doing it great, but it's always been primarily a hobby for me. Mm -hmm. And like for me, it's been because I do have mental health issues and I have some pretty severe depression. And usually Mm -hmm. when I do comedy, it's because I need to pull myself out of a hole. And that's when I usually start doing it again. And I get myself in these really weird kind of situations and other comics think it's ridiculous where I start doing really well in comedy and then I get really happy and then i don't feel the need to do comedy anymore but it's like i hit my stride and then i'm like okay bye guys <laughs> see you in 3 months <laughs> <laughs> That's so
2: true. <laughs> you come in waves. I do. You come absolutely. in absolutely. Yeah. You'll. Yeah. Because I remember with you, like, yeah, there was like a string of shows, and then there'd be none, and then there'd be a string of shows, and then there'd be none. So, like, do you do you think that that works for you, or is that something that you you're trying? No, to No, I
1: on? I th- absolutely think it works for me. I yeah. think some people don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I know they don't. They yeah. told me to my face that they don't. Um, Ooh. but. <laughs>
2: I want to know who. Well, tell me later.
1: I'll tell you off. When these are off, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, But at the end of the day, it's my career and it's my mental health that I have to Mm. take care of. So I need to do just what's best for me. And I think that putting too much pressure on it doesn't Mm. help anything it doesn't make you happier and i don't think it makes the comedy better like there is something to say about hustle for sure Mm. but if you're overextending yourself and you're you know not keeping up on your day job or letting your relationship slide or things like that not sleeping not sleeping not eating properly you know um Mm -hmm. eating at pubs every single night because you're just grabbing something at the show you know oh my god i had a
2: visceral reaction because literally that's been my life lately i've been i've been having days that are and I'm juggling kind of a bunch of things currently and I'm finding it very hard with the lack of structure you know like whereas before it would be like you you work Monday to Friday these hours that is your work you know and then so it's separated like it's naturally separated out whereas now it's like everything is everywhere. everything is every day and there's all these pockets of energy and then I'm trying to manage all of it and then I go I didn't eat lunch yeah and I have to get to a show mm-hmm so I guess I'll order fucking fries yeah. or, like, onion rings. Like, I can't stress enough the importance of, like, balance. And I think, yeah. like, that's something that I think
1: you have a handle on, is balance. I mean, Finally. Am I right <laughs> in saying that? Yeah. I mean, I will say that it took a long time to get there. Like, my first year of comedy, I would go into work fucking exhausted every single day because yeah. I was doing shows nearly every single night. And then I would go out with the comics afterwards, and I worked at 7 a.m., and it it was it was just bad i did poorly at work thank thank you lee for not firing me (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but i was also on a contract and i was leaving the country soon so i feel like they were just like "Eh, it's fine (laughs) yeah but i once i got back home and then i was kind of more settling into my roots and especially like once i got into more long-term relationship a more long-term job Mm -hmm. i really needed to figure out how to work it into my life and not drain my Self, doing comedy and sacrificing everything else for the God, sake of it
2: you were like th- thank you for saying that because i needed to hear that as somebody who, like because i've been feeling the need to keep up the mm. need to go 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 work work working on work on the stuff do the mics you know there's three open mics a week here in halifax and and then you know then there's other shows so you get on you get on the shows that you book ahead of time and then you also do the mics and yeah,
1: it's. Um, I'm finding it to be quite overwhelming with all the other. Aspects I think if of you life. work a full time job, three mics a week is too much. And there, are, yeah. again, there's plenty of people who disagree with that. But I think if you have a family and have a job, it's it's a lot.
2: I think that. You, I think what you said right there is true. Like I think that if you're somebody who is kind of flying solo, mm-hmm. and you, you're not necessarily like have someone to come home to or like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's ideal for that type of person. But like, yeah, if you have, if you have a partner, if you have a family, Mm -hmm. um, like you got shit to do. And I just gotta say, posted a fucking reposted a tweet that like got people riled up. It was from one of my favorite comedians, Corinne Fisher, who was like pretty much, I don't have my phone on me, but it was essentially just like so much of women's jobs and like relationships is like making the guy feel better. Yes. Yeah. And The emotional work women have to do, in addition to all the other things we have to do, Mm -hmm. is a lot. It is a lot. So, like, I don't know.
1: It's just something to consider when we're talking about hustle. Well, not even, like, the emotional exhaustion of that. But also, if you're a young person who's going to go to a bar almost every night of the week anyway, if you do that for comedy, it's not a big deal. But if you're somebody who going out is, like, a treat... And I'm at that stage in my life. Like, going out is a treat for me now. And I can't really justify just going to a bar every single night.
2: Yeah. No. It's because there is it, it is a tempting um, culture mm-hmm. to stay out. And you see people hanging out. And it gives you the serotonin. So you're like, I'm going to stay out. Yeah. And then, you know, you have a drink. Before you know it, it's past midnight. You have to get a cab home. Like, it's just, um, it's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. And, uh... It's something that every day I'm like, you got to be more balanced. You got to be more balanced. You got to be more balanced. You got to take some you time. You got to take some you time. And I'm like, I'm so bad at taking me time. Cause even in my me time, I feel like I'm doing work.
1: Yeah. Or you're just (laughs) guilting yourself for not hustling.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like even in my me time, I'm like, I could be wearing a joke. I could be running. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what should I be doing right now? Jesus. Like, I don't remember the last time that I just like, uh, I actually do. It was quite a while ago that I ate a meal Just for
1: fun, not for
2: fuel. Yes.
1: Like, even tonight, that was fun, but it was kind of for fuel. Yeah, exactly. We were like, we got to film some videos, get something in our faces, and then record. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Like, I I did dinner with my friend Danielle at um, Ronaldo's, like, months ago, and it was just a very nice friend dinner hang. Mm -hmm. No other plans on the books, and I was just so nice, and I was just like, there's so many times that I'm so rushed that I'm, like, literally eating as I'm running around the apartment. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy shit, I got to get better at managing my yeah. time and my
1: day. Yeah. Because it does exhaust you and you will burn out. Burnout is fucking real. Yeah. All of my meals now are just what is close to me and that I can afford. and Right. Quick.
2: Oh, my God. That's
1: yeah. all it is now. And I lost so much weight. Well, so much like fifteen pounds in the quarantine, a lot. But I've gained it all back since I came back because it's just not being home and not being able to manage my life in that way. Mm -hmm. Like it just it, I lost control of it so fast as soon as the world went back to normal. That's wild. Yeah, so many people have been up
2: and down with weight stuff. I mean, Mm. I still just I anyone who has it in their life to like. Allocate an hour
1: a day to working out.
2: Yes. I mean, I'm just so fucking jealous of you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I liked working from home because I could just, like, sneak in quickie, like, five-minute workouts. Ooh. And that was really nice. Because, yeah, I agree with you. Like, sneaking in a one-hour workout... Like that, that, that's, that's teenager stuff. We don't yeah. have time for that anymore.
2: I always hear people say it's just an hour. I'm like, you don't understand how fast my days go by. Yeah. And I think a huge part of that for me, and I've been doing, and I have to give myself credit because during lockdown, I slept until one or two most mm-hmm. days and you're sometimes at, three like nine. I've been getting, I've been trying to get up at nine. Usually I end up rolling out of bed at 10 cause I'm like snoozing alarm, snoozing alarm. And I know that but I also know that like so much of that is me fucking staying up so late. Yes. So each night I'm like trying to like well, go to bed a
1: little earlier each time. And it's not like you're out just having fun or just watching TV. You're usually hustling at night. You're editing podcasts, editing. you're putting out promos, you're doing stuff.
2: Yeah. It's it's a lot. It's 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 something that I I truly I think even now that I'm doing stand up and I really have been loving doing stand up, but I'm like, you know, Pulling back on the podcast might be something I have to do, whether it's changing to a bi weekly schedule. I disagree.
1: You don't think I should pull back?
2: (laughs) A lot of people think I should switch to bi weekly.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could. I'm not going to tell you not to do that if that's what you need to do. Oh, I would never quit it. it. I would
2: never quit it. I would never quit it.
1: I just, I love the podcast. I know. And I love doing it too. And I, and
2: I do still feel like the podcast is still my, like my place, my baby. Yes. My thing. Your brand. Podcasting is. I think, what I want to work in, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just one of those things where, yeah, the more you have going on, it, it really makes you realize, like, how little time we take for ourselves. Yes. Just ourselves. Yes. Just literally to, like, date ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, also, guys, we have candles here tonight, and I'm going to yes. light like them now. So these are small candles. Because so we're the, witchy bitches. The different candles mean different things. And we picked pink and blue for Alva. And what you're gonna do? Um, once we get some wax going there, we're gonna put some wax
1: in. Is this your trick to make it erect?
2: Yes, it is. I just so oh, pink yes, I did. Um, is typically a like a self love. Um, that's what it means. And bloom. Me. We read the meanings earlier and we picked them. Is forgiveness and healing?
1: Forgiveness and healing. So
2: I think that that's perfect for this episode. It's we're, perfect. We're talking about confidence. We're talking about um, self-esteem stuff, but also, like, the healing thing. So the con- the Spooky Bitches comedy show, probably to to people on the outside, it's just like a fun show with spunky women. We're doing comedy in a basement. Five dollars. Halloween. Come on out. We're going to dress up. But yeah, it's buddy. more than that to you.
1: It is more than that to so me. So what... What inspired it? Uh yeah, so <laughs> the no, short start crying. The short answer it was um my therapist suggested it. Did, did she really? Is it a she? He. different. I don't yeah. know why I assume women see women. Yeah, I requested LGBTQ so they gave me a gay man, which is wonderful. He's lovely. Oh lovely. The yeah. best kind. Also, I called the last one a dilf, so I'm not allowed to have a stray man anymore.
2: Wait, you called him that to his face? Hang on! <laughs> what? <laughs> did you say that to his face?
1: Ah, maybe. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I think uh, I said something
2: offhandedly. anyway. Oh my god, that's so funny. Just the idea of someone,
1: like, firing you as a client for that reason <laughs> yeah. is hilarious to me. Yeah, so don't do that. Um, okay. But it was suggested to me, um, I have been struggling with depression more than usual, um, and I had a really bad spell around this time last year that was horrible, mm. um, and it was kind of pretty directly related to a tragedy that happened this time in 2018. Um, a very good friend of mine um, was killed. Mm. She was very young. She was 23 years old. She was recently <sighs> engaged. Yeah, Um, it was, it was hard. It was very brutal. And I last year spiraled pretty hard. I was angry and then I was sad and then I was, you know, desperate. And I really had nothing to do with all of that energy. So it was suggested to me by my therapist. He didn't say put on a Halloween comedy show. (laughs) Uh, But he said that I should do something that feels productive, Mm -hmm. that is positive and fun that will keep me distracted for at least a few days. And that's something that I feel like I'm good at. So I was like,
2: sweet,
1: I'll toast a comedy show.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, which that's is,
1: such good advice too.
2: Right? He's the, great. The productivity thing is so huge. Just the idea of feeling like you have something to do, like yes. something outside of your job. Yes. Um, that you you can do and put creative energy into and be proud of at the end be proud of and because that's the thing about shows like you do see the direct result of your work yes um whether you think it's worth it or not i mean that's that's up up to you uh it depends on what your definition of success is it's not always about um money or making profit Mm -hmm. um but like i think most people who do comedy shows want to get a good crowd they want to curate a good lineup they want to you know things like that and uh it's that's really good advice
1: it is and it's been really really good for the most part i really enjoyed putting together the lineup i really enjoyed you know you helping me with booking the venue and then putting together promo yeah i feel like that's the first good poster i've ever made (laughs) so adorable Um, it's so adorable I feel like the the people that I put on it um, I was originally only going to have like a couple of comics and we ended up having to expand it just because one of the people I wanted wasn't available and then another was only comfortable doing last like less time after the pandemic so we ended up expanding it a little bit more than I had originally thought but I still do think that the people who are on it are very they very much have this little pizzazz to them, you know, yeah. we are spooky, we are spooky bitches We're we spooky we bitches. look like we could have cast a spell,
2: yes, in our absolutely, day. yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, we look like we could cast a spell now, bitch
2: I'm grasping rose quartz as we speak, no, I'm just joking that's in my bedroom by my bedside table,
1: where it should be, which is so far away from here. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: but like yeah, you had a you had a vision, I get like, here's the thing, not all comedy shows have what i would say and i'm trying to pick the right word to describe this but like a stylistic vision yes or like a branding like sometimes it's just normal comedy show at this venue which is fine and which is fucking fine but like you're a very creative person you're a very stylish person yes and i very much wanted a specific branding a specific branding. so like you you rolled with it and it's happening but um has it so like I mean, we're a couple of days away from showtime. Mm-hmm. Has it helped um, with grief,
1: sadness, all of those ickiness? There's there's been up and downs, um, and I don't want to get too heavy into this, but there was also um, a lot of backlash and a lot of drama around this show specifically, which I feel mm-hmm. is heavily rooted in the gender issues in the mm-hmm. comedy industry, and I think it was largely. Re- rooted in a large misunderstanding and a lack of communication um but yeah it's that's those two words are huge yeah uh so there was a lot of drama which hurt my feelings quite a bit and um you know it was hard to be taken down by something that i was already using to cope with <laughs>
2: the thing Burn that was taking me up.
1: down yeah exactly it was this was supposed to be me upper and now this is also hard that being said though it was plenty distracting it did that part very very well and um one maybe of, not in the best way maybe not in the best way maybe not in a healthy productive way but it it was very distracting yeah and kind of when the drama cooled down i had a big old cry because i felt like i could finally just like focus on the thing that i was originally focused on mm. you know like the drama died and my brain was like oh yeah there was a murder yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. But you're right though. Yes.
1: It it not hmm.
2: we're gonna have to be careful how we talk about this because I don't I don't want to get too specific. But well, and
1: I don't want to upset anybody, but, but also or this re- is
2: I I, I ignite I also want people to remember that intoxicated is my space that I invite people on to talk uncensored freely about about things that are going on. And this is just what's going on. And you're a good friend of mine that I would have had on anyways. But like, you know, we've gone through this kind of weird experience and like, it's to the outside. People might go, yeah, that's just drama. Yes. But there's a lot of deep rooted things happening, yes. which are big examples of, I mean, a couple issues in comedy, but I think a big one being that women are, um, um, we have this weird competitive well and we're very nature. much pitted against each other the pitted against each other thing is so fucking true yes. um, and we were talking about this before and, and it goes back to how we're how we're, raised. how we're raised so you were mentioning like little girls and the compliments little girls yeah. get yeah should we go through some yeah, of those yeah let's go through
1: some of them um, so I think the worst one is you're not like other girls i hate it so much which and then we're we were kind of led to believe that's a compliment yes you're unique and special yeah you're not like other girls you're better than them you're better your other girls suck you're okay yeah yeah and then the other one is um you're the prettiest girl insert you know place in the room prettiest girl in the room prettiest girl at the party prettiest girl in our school prettiest girl at the office and it's why can't we compliment women without putting other women down. God, yeah. You said it at dinner. What did you say? I, I shouldn't have to... What did you fucking say? I want you to bring that not I don't have to make you feel shitty to make myself feel yeah. better. Yeah. 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 But, like,
2: here's the thing. And, like, I, and I'm just going to say it too, guys. Like, I had an episode that I wanted to release that I didn't. I'm kind of... I think I'm kind of happy that I didn't. But I at the time really wanted to yes um and i think at the time you wanted to speak out about some things too and, and i held that a lot of people i would say the majority um are very much so a let things settle yes just step back yeah. and let things go and things will go back and it's like i agree i do agree that that's a great approach but i do think that there's times to speak up and i mean mm-hmm. i spoke up i didn't publish it um, so now I'm kind of doing that
1: informally here with you. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think we need to speak about specifically no. what happened with this show. I don't want this to go there. No. I think that that, again, was a misunderstanding. I don't think we need to go any further into that. What happened happened, and it's now been largely resolved. We don't need to talk about that. We don't know. But we should talk about kind of the underlying issues that led up to this and a thousand other situations very similar to it. Mm-hmm.
2: Which is... I mean I think two things um so not being on a show or
1: the curation of shows the yeah, curation of so,
2: from a from a
1: producer's standpoint so there's a trend right now to have Ladies' Nights are all women's shows. And I do think it's a good thing at large right now because there aren't a lot of women in comedy. And I feel like a lot of female audience members want to see that. And it's a good opportunity for a lot of, especially new female Mm stand-ups. But then there's this kind of hidden secondary expectation that any show with a lot of women on it is a women's show in their first book, All of the Women. Mm -hmm. And I would very much like to see... Us get to a point where women's shows aren't required, where mm-hmm. there's just enough of us on every single show that it's no longer a viable gimmick. Mm-hmm. The gimmick thing is huge,
2: and trust me, I'm a fan of like Ladies Night at Oasis. That was yes. my second set. I'm hosting it, baby, coming up on November 3rd with the headliner Miss Alba Marie Sparkles. So, yeah, so let's not burn that too. We're, we're a fan of Ladies, we, like we are a fan of because we love what Oasis does. Because mm-hmm. no other place doing it. Number one. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're what you're getting at is, is like, we got to build these women up so that we all can be more represented on shows as a whole. Yes. A part of building us up is doing, I would say, like ladies focus shows.
1: Yes. That's, that's a step. It's a yeah, step. It is a step. Absolutely. And I think it's a good thing for right now. But again, I would love to see a point where we don't feel it's required. Like if you had an all men's lineup and made a big deal of it, how dumb would that look? That's the thing. Have we ever seen that happen? Like, yeah, have we ever yeah. seen,
2: have we ever seen, but have we ever seen like an, op- like, just a regular old, like, not a pro paid show, but like just an all male open mic and have a male go. I'm not on. That. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't really happen because guess what? You can get on a
1: lot of shows Yeah, because there's a lot of you <laughs> and yeah. it's and different for us. all male lineups happen naturally all the time by accident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not something y'all have to plan.
2: <laughs> so fucking true. Like, they're literally just like, oh, this is who we go. Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: well and with my show like I booked the people that I wanted and the the fact that it was going to be an all ladies show was kind of an afterthought yeah that wasn't part of the original plan but it was just like these are the people that I want to have this is kind of the aesthetic and then I kind of leaned into the witches thing and then I was like oh yeah I I, these are all girls
2: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah, exactly and also two people have to keep in mind as well like we like I uh, the venue was only giving us an hour and a half yes total yes total yeah so it's kind of running a tight ship it is a very tight ship we couldn't book like 20 comics put it together
1: in three weeks too right like it was like a shotgun comedy show it is a shotgun comedy show yeah Yeah. and it was originally supposed to be this sweet little unimportant drop in the bucket little thing and then um the further i'm one of those people that the more (laughs) something is uncomfortable for me the more somebody tells me i can't do something the harder Mm. I'm going to go at it. And, like, the worse my depression got, the more, like, my urge to lean into comedy got. So it kind of just, like, (laughs) grew into quite a large thing. A monster. Yeah. Which
2: is appropriate for Halloween.
1: Yeah, it is a monster. It's a Halloween monster. I think an important
2: thing to talk about, and this is not just gendered, this is overall, and comedy is the feelings of your ego being attacked because you for whatever reason you feel like you're at a certain level based on what you think of yourself, mm-hmm. what others think of you. So if mm-hmm. you're someone who's getting complimented a lot yes. in the comedy scene and people, you know, outwardly support you, how do we deal? Cuz we're all going to get these feelings yes. of insecurity. Like I got I had it happen. I think once when I was very new going, "Oh, like I'm not I'm not that good Mm -hmm. and and this other newbie is is really killing it and I had that feeling of insecurity and I sat with it for like two days yeah and I had to fight the urge to stop myself from saying petty things yeah from comparing from going into like a negative spiral of like negative self-talking
1: myself Mm -hmm. and it was hard it is hard kept
2: it the fuck off social media though
1: it's hard to swallow your ego it really is so there's a couple things i think that uh, like i do with that kind of situation so if it's a a situation where i feel somebody else is better than me yeah then i just try to work harder on my own shit yeah just practice more write new stuff do that kind of stuff and then if it's sort of the other situation where you feel that you are more qualified than somebody else who got an opportunity yeah all you can do is ask next time Mm-hmm. you know just message the producer and say hey i know i missed the cutoff for this one you already have your light your lineup but i think i'd be a great fit here's my video here's my references whatever please book me next time it's like a job it is it, i mean they do hopefully pay us sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but you need to approach it like that like yeah. like the producer is your next boss yeah you need to a- apply for it in kind of a way and it's a much like more casual and more nuanced kind of application process but you can't expect to just be given opportunities without ever asking for them Mm -hmm. and i feel Mm -hmm. like that's where a lot of people struggle and i feel like a lot of women struggle with that because we're bad at asking for things Mm -hmm. and if you've been offered spots consistently and then all of a sudden you you're the one who has to go to the producer that can be very uncomfortable Very
2: true. But how is
1: the producer supposed to know that that's something that you want if you never told them?
2: That's right. Yeah. Advocating for yourself. Yes. In a a professional way. Yeah. In a mature, professional way. And I cannot stress the importance of time. If you're finding yourself reacting, take sleep on it. Fucking. Like, like just the... (laughs) So many times in my life I've I've reacted to things before even breathing. Before yeah. even like going <sighs> and like it's it's just so important. And and honestly, this comes with age, I think. Because yes. I, I feel like in my twenties. <laughs> I didn't breathe. Oh yeah, I was a little firecracker. <laughs> a little firecracker. Very quick to react. Uh, yes. Um, and jealousy is, is, is a hard jealousy. And I think like, yeah, the feeling of like, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and Very jealousy hard hard is a again. tough one because we're still not in a place in our society where it's OK to admit jealousy. We're not for the most part. I mean, maybe in retrospect, way after the fact, but it's still one of those emotional blocks that people don't really like to admit that they experience. It's very highly uncomfortable. Yes. Highly uncomfortable.
2: Um, Whitney Cummings had Nikki Glaser on her podcast. And one of the things they talked about is how they were both so intimidated by each other. Yes. Like they were just like very openly like, I saw you killing it and I didn't think I was good enough. And they're like, I saw you killing it and I didn't think I was good enough. And it's like, (laughs) you and I talked about this on our first episode. Just like the intimidation factor and how it's just so you you truly have no idea what's going on in someone's brain like the person who you think is killing it mm-hmm. probably thinks they're shitty yeah <laughs> and Which just is wild just talk and help each other talk and help each other yeah That's ask for advice you can do you know yeah. ask for advice from the person that you think is really good yep um but yeah it's uh it's It is what it is. I think we all just got it. We all have to manage our ego a bit better. That's like the biggest thing. Well, and
1: things like intimidation, ego, anger, frustration, these are all useless things that do nothing but hurt us. And it is very hard to put those aside and move forward. And I'm not trying to downplay that. But in the end, that's really what you have to do.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and talk to a professional if, if you truly feel like you have to Because you said that you made an emergency I did I made an emergency
1: therapy appointment And one of the things that my therapist Frequently has me do is If I'm really upset about something He has me write down just factually what happened Like no emotion Logic. No mm-hmm. You know Well this happened because of this No reasoning Just factually what happened from 8am to 8pm And then to look at it and analyze as if you're a third person whether or not it was really that bad. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, it wasn't. Oh, my gosh. You're
2: so right. So much of it is your own shit coming through. Oh, my God. That's a huge thing to to learn. Mm -hmm. That, like, when you react, like, oh, that's a big thing. I've been learning a lot about attachment styles. Do you know what your attachment style is? No. So you should, I'll send you the quiz uh, on Facebook, but, like. Um it's essentially like how it it's very much so rooted in your childhood and how you deal with conflict and fights. so like I think just based on what I know of you, let me try to guess what one you'd be. So I think you might be if I had to guess fearful avoidant, I'm anxious preoccupied, so actually, what happened with the drama is a good example of this. you kind of reclused a bit yeah on the initial day, yes. And we have very different ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. We do. But they're they're complimentary in a weird way because they happen, uh, you know, like in, in a weird way. So like you kind of had a bit of a delayed reaction, whereas my reaction was very intense uh, yeah. at first. And then it calmed down, whereas you...
1: I, I didn't think... care at first. I was like, this is just bullshit drama. I don't care. It's going to fade away. I don't even need to acknowledge it. And then like the next day I was like,
2: what <laughs> yeah so did things happen in your childhood where you had to be
1: the i calm? mean of course yeah um something that strikes me and this is so <laughs> stupid but i'm gonna tell you anyways and just know that this embarrasses me to the core I love um it. so when i was in elementary school um they taught us this song oh i want to hear it I is love it, elementary it, school songs. The, uh, it's the peacemaker songs it oh. goes peacemakers talk about it they don't fight about it they want to make up happy friends (laughs) Um, and then there was something about like if you're mad you should like walk away and cool off before you talk about (laughs) it that's legit advice Um, I mean you would think so but you there's been so many times in my life where I'm like you know what I'm gonna just let you cool off and then that just makes the other person angry and angrier because they feel I'm ignoring them (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, so I'm the one that's freaking out. <laughs> anxious preoccupied is way more like, like, you just don't want to lose that control. And so you're trying to, like, control it. And that was very much so me on the first first day of that whole thing. But it's just interesting. Attachment styles are, um, if you look it up, it's, it'll give you percentages. So, like, for me, I'm anxious preoccupied, but a close second is fearful avoidant. Okay. Which means I'm a shit show. Um, secure is the one that you want to be aiming for so secure is like obviously like you're good in yourself you're not going to react out of anger like you just you feel secure mm-hmm. um and we're all so impossible to get to that it's pretty impossible but what i've been doing is i've been doing the attachment style quiz like every two weeks or so and i've been noticing that like the secure like they change yeah to, based on what's going on in your life mm-hmm that's good. So it kind of makes you look that at means like I'm growing. I'm growing, baby. But it makes it does make you look at like your relationships. And yeah. like that's something that like I feel like I've been struggling with, which is like interpersonal relationships just cuz I've been so busy and I feel like I'm not creating space for friendships and I feel mm. guilty about that
1: sometimes.
0: Mhm.
1: Like, yeah. No, that's true and friendships are very important. They yeah. are very deep connections that you know create so many opportunities in our lives so many and you're someone like who's been awesome enough
2: um to ask me to hang out like outside of comedy stuff which is so nice I like i've
1: turned you down yeah i've, I've said, said what i keep fucking I've, asking <laughs> i've said i
2: can't i'm too tired uh because lately i've just been i've just been feeling like i've been burning the candle both ends and like at the end of the night i'm just like i all i want to do is lay on this couch mm-hmm.
1: and watch an asmr video <laughs> but that comes also back to like the communication thing is if people know that it's not personal and you just need your you time, then they should be fine with you saying, no, I don't want to hang out and then still ask again later. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that is so, and that's such a, That's,
2: like, such a key thing with female friendships, the communication thing. Yeah. Which is why I really like our dynamic, because we seem to know each other well enough to, like, know, like... I'm depressed. Talk to me later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that day, like, just because... You were at the helm of the show and I had a part to play, but it was you you were at the helm. you were the head honcho of it. Um like I felt so like, I just I hope Elva's not mad at me. I hope Elva's not mad at me. Oh and my you God. sent me a message you were and, like, as long as you're not mad at me, and I was like, bitch <laughs> <laughs> And you were what? like, if I was mad at you, we'd still hatch it out and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Oh, bitch, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. It's um it it's it's really good to know when people know you. Yes. It's a really comforting feeling to not feel like feeling misunderstood,
1: I think has been like the biggest challenge of my life so far. Yes. And I'm very much somebody who values my alone time. And it's something that I need to have or I turn into a very unpleasant person. Yeah. And it's just like I need that internal time to just reflect and to learn about myself and to just figure out what I want. Mm. And I've had relationships in the past, you know, both friendships and romantic ones and all that kind of stuff where people think that I'm giving them like the silent treatment because I don't want to interact. And I've had to learn to be very, very clear and be like, no, I like you. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. I just don't want to talk to you for the next two hours.
2: <laughs> that's attachment styles though. Yeah. So that's you going, I need to avoid like I need to be reclusive a bit into yeah. my and in, like into my introvert version of yourself. And like that's the importance of attachment styles, because if you know someone else is like way more like, No talk to me, what's wrong? What's going on? Yeah. Like and that's very much so me. Like I'm like talk, 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 talk. I wanna know everything. But then if you know that about me, you know you would know to say I just need space. Yeah. And then you telling me that makes me feel less anxious.
1: Yes. Because then you're in a loop.
2: Yeah. You know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why it's important to fucking communicate. Yeah. And communicate when you're not freaking out. And be
1: honest. Honesty is huge. Uh, It's really hard sometimes, I think. What I I think... I think that a big problem is that when we talk about relationships and working at relationships and communication and all that stuff, people always assume that it's like the romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. where it is important in every single relationship you have, be it like platonic or even work relationships or family relationships. It doesn't matter who it is. Those same rules still apply. And setting fucking boundaries,
2: motherfucker. Oh, boy. I have been learning, I don't know if this is the full moon. I don't know if this is 2020. I don't know if this is like my hormones. I I, I truly don't know what's going on with me lately, but I've just been very much so analyzing myself. Mm. And um, Mm. one thing that I've learned is that I'm shit at setting boundaries. um, And then I end up resenting people. And that's not a fun feeling. Mm -hmm. So I've been learning to set boundaries lately. Like, I think specifically with work stuff yeah like you've been doing Speaking too much of, for people <laughs> yeah. yeah and just being like i'm not available at this time please stop yes like stuff like that and you can you can translate that into friendships mm-hmm. i mean you don't have to be a bitch about it no <laughs> no and, and don't be you shouldn't be <laughs> but it's it's the same thing of me being like i can't hang out tonight like i really want to hang out tonight but i just can't yeah i'm emotionally exhausted and then you go i understand that's a boundary can i disclose a pet peeve? Please do. Is it, it about way? me?
1: No, no. <laughs> He's so defensive. He's just preoccupied. Um, did I displease you? How could you have you again? What, tell me the bad. What did I do wrong? What is your pet peeve? Uh, when you don't want to do something so there's like an event or something and you don't want to go or somebody wants to go hang out and you don't want to go and they like demand a reason for it oh i I hate that that is such a like 20
2: in your 20s type of thing yes that should not be a thing in adult life no you don't owe anyone anything although i will say i have been on the other end of that um and i think it's just i think Um, it's just my extra version of like I just want connection I just want to be around people Mm -hmm. why don't you want to hang out with me why don't you like and it's just again anxious preoccupied I just go into that like I must not you must not like me what can I do to make you like me now but now that I'm fucking exhausted I see the other side of like I don't owe you a reason I'll still me personally I will still probably give one yeah but that's just me
1: yeah well, and it's it's a difference between are you asking me why because you want to make sure that we're good or because you want to analyze whether or not I have a good reason and you want to force me to do it anyway. Yeah, that's very, very true. Because, like, usually my reasons for not wanting to go out is, like, my dog seems nervous. <laughs> and I just want to hang out with him.
2: Oh, my God. My <laughs> like, yeah, and most times my reasons my reason. are, like, I'm pooped. And I need to recharge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, I notice like sometimes people are just like, I'm just not free that night. And that, like, I feel like that's a really good way to say it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, they got something
1: going on. Man, that's ballsy to ask what it is. Like, I would never. That's so ballsy. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I don't have a lot of friends like that anymore for probably good good (laughs) reasons. I think if it's like,
2: I think if it's like a special occasion Mm -hmm. or like a really special night. Yeah. I would want a reason.
1: Oh yeah, like if it's your wedding and you're just like, <laughs> "Nah, <laughs> I really wanted, I, I, I really wanted to smoke a joint and watch The Grinch for the seventeenth time." <laughs> I
2: can't help but think of Adrian because when I think of someone who's like so organized with her planning and like her plans and. I think of her because she has her awesome little agenda that she swears by and like that's her thing. Like I haven't been able to keep a routine. Like I think I tried to do a physical planner for a while. That didn't work. I mm-hmm. moved to Google Calendar. I've been trying the Google Calendar thing. It's going okay right now but you have to get in the habit of checking it. Like a calendar is useless <laughs> if you don't look at <laughs> if, it. If, if you're not in the habit of checking it every day but she like has it on lock. Like she's like this day I'm doing that. Like you could ask Adrian. Four weeks from now, on a Wednesday night at 6 p.m., can you do dinner? Like, she would be like, let me check. Yeah. Like, she. Absolutely. She. Oh, Momager. Momager. Okay, we love you, Adrian. We love you, Adrian. And that's not at all an insult. I know. Well, no. I truly strive to be like Adrian. Yeah. In terms of that, like the organization aspect.
1: I feel like for me, like. You mentioned that I have a really good stride in terms of like knowing when I want to do shows and when I don't. Mm-hmm. But in terms of all the other aspects of my life, I still don't have that balance. No. And I feel like I very much will be in like a really good state and i'll be like okay like payday just came i have money i am well rested right now i don't have a lot of stresses right now and then i'll want to be very extroverted and then i'll book myself for like the next three weeks so overbook yeah and then i overbook and by the end of it i'm like i don't want to see anybody again for a fucking month <laughs> <laughs> that's wild because i more so
2: now than ever i've just been so spontaneous with plans mm like I'm like a couple, I like
1: that a couple
2: days out trying to make a plan. Um I I need to try to make more plans with friends. I I have to make that a priority cuz I truly feel like my relationships are like not the best right now which i know might be shocking to some people because some people might think that i'm like friends with everybody and so like connect. Yeah. i think that's like a perception people have and i don't feel that way but i think it's just because so much of my social life is wrapped up in also like content like what we're doing like we're socializing right now yeah but it's also content that i'm going to be editing later and putting i in.
1: probably wouldn't come over if we weren't recording yeah.
2: exactly right so there's an aspect of And it's fun work. Like I truly don't want people to think that I'm not having fun because I I love it, and it's it's actually helping me in my career. Um, But like, there is an aspect of work intertwined with a lot of my social life, Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to try to make a point to like just make more plans that are like you know not after a show, not after a show, not before a show, not before a show, not Not to write. write. Yeah, even though those are great. And I owe a lot of my, you know, my early confidence in getting up and doing comedy to you and Adrian and Kirsten for, like, helping me, like, work through jokes and shit. Like, I... Like, there's value in that. Mm -hmm. But it is
1: still work. Yeah.
2: In a weird um, way.
1: I tried to make... Well, I successfully made friends not to brag or nothing that's really hard as a nut uh but i made friends with a coworker recently and um like we were trying to make plans and i was like we could do this like we could and i was kept like throwing in other things to do with it i'm like we could go for drinks after work or we could um take the dogs to the dog park yeah and blah, blah 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 and i threw out like 10 suggestions and he goes you know we can just hang out and talk and i was like so what? Keep it simple stupid <laughs> what that's an all, like that come ha- over what just come over what <laughs> come over this uh come over friday at seven see i would honestly think if somebody said that to me i'd think they wanted to fuck me <laughs> i mean that's true too
2: if it was like a straight guy friend yeah i would think that oh if it was anybody <laughs> i'm just i'm very egotistical but it's so true we try to
1: um i think so much of it
2: is like we try to add on to our day
1: well For we efficiency. try to blanket the fact that we just want a human connection
2: oh my god
1: like we try to put so a comfort true. layer between it so true yeah you're running
2: errands well maybe i'll run run those errands with you yeah. or something like no let's just hang out let's just talk phone calls i want to bring on, bring back
1: The phone combo. I fucking hate phone calls. Really? They make me so uncomfortable. Did you
2: not, like, talk on the phone as, like, as growing up, like,
1: with your friends? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like... Like, back before texting and the internet? Yeah, Yeah, very much so. I wasted so many hours with my seventh grade boyfriend on the fucking telephone. (laughs) Like, probably, like, ten hours a week.
2: Oh, my God, that's funny. It's a wild way to get to know someone. I will say that. It's... I think it's... Honestly, I if a tinder match was like let's talk on the phone i'd do it
1: really yep i'd do it i'd be like you fucking weirdo
2: i don't mind the phone so much i do find you have to get over that initial anxiety mm-hmm. um but and i and i i don't like answering calls that i don't know who's mm-hmm. calling because i'm like it's the bank and they want money from me <laughs> <laughs> and i'm really good at dodging those calls yeah good job i'm pro at that Um, is this bitch doing mid-roll ads now? I guess I am. Listen, if you've made it to this point in the episode, it probably means you don't hate it. It also might mean that you listen often. And if you do listen often and you're digging what you're hearing, you should consider signing up for the Intoxicated Patreon. For a monthly fee that suits your budget, you can get extra content from me. This includes early access to episodes bonus episodes bonus footage from youtube videos i also do audio diaries every now and then where i bear my soul and i cry and i talk about my life it's pretty juicy stuff so if you're digging the show and you want to support it and throw a few bucks my way on patreon you can check it all out at patreon.com backslash intoxicated and no my only fans link is not a patreon tier But, like, the friendship thing, so, like, going back to, like, our, like, we both have friends that passed away. Yes. Um. And grief. Yes. We wanted that to be another
1: subject of this episode. Yeah, like, I really do want to talk about that quite a bit. Um,
2: <sighs> well, like, first of all, like, your friend passing was a lot different than mine. Yes. Um, Very
1: different circumstances, but still somebody who is far too young and far too talented to go. To go, yeah. What was your... How did
2: you initially deal with the news? (laughs) This is something I'm always curious about because I feel like there's two reactions. Because when Vaughn died, there was two reactions. There was shock, utter shock. Mm -hmm. No crying, nothing. Just utter shock. Um, And then a lot of the women... (laughs) The, the Richard called burst
1: into tears right away. I refused to believe it was true for like two days. Yeah, so you wanted to shock. Yeah. I was Did just you like, cry no. right away? Um, no. No. I don't think I cried until I finally had to face the fact that it was actually happening. Ugh. And um my brother who I adore, um, he's the one who's closest in age to me, and um they were in a band together. And he finally called me yeah. after seeing like um, social media posts and stuff on it. And he was like, "You know what happened, right?" And like w- hearing him say it, it was like finally real. You know what I mean? And then it just hit me like a ton of gr- bricks.
2: So you, tr- so you truly didn't believe. So
1: who told you? Uh, it was How just all over that? my social media. So you I, told I mean, it on
2: social media,
1: yeah. shut the fuck up, which
2: is rough.
1: Yeah. And this was someone. Like,
2: did you say that she was your best friend?
1: Um, one I'm, of yeah, yeah. Like she was definitely one of the people I've been closest with in my life. I would say um, I don't really like the term best friend because it implies a one. hierarchy. You know, it does. Um, but like, yeah, we were very, very close. I very much. We had a lot in common, and yeah. um, we treasured each other very much. So, and we we just had so many different facets of our lives that we were kind of intertwined in that we became very close. So it was. It was it was weird and it was rough and um i don't know if there is a correct there isn't there isn't a correct reaction to that no there really isn't
2: and that's something people really gotta remember Mm -hmm. about grief and grieving Mm -hmm. is like everyone reacts in their own way and no way is wrong yes no way i mean don't go kill people like that (laughs) 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 that might be wrong But you know, if you if you're someone who has to go get hammered, yeah, go get hammered. If you're someone who has to cry in a bathroom for two days, do that. If you're someone who's in shock and like just needs the time to process it, yeah. That's fine too. There's literally
1: no right way. Yeah. Um, Charlie Brown very much comes to mind. You know, he always says, good grief. Good grief. How the fuck do you grieve good? (laughs) Like, what is that? Yeah. What mysterious secrets are you hiding in that bold head?
2: Yeah, that, I think, like, did you, um, so before this, before your friend, did you have anyone close to you die, like, when you were younger?
1: Um, yeah, like, I had lost people before that. There was... Somebody in my high school who actually passed away when she was about 17. And she wasn't as close of a friend, but that was another really shocking one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I lost my dad. And that was a weird, confusing one because we had a very complicated relationship. And then I lost my grandfather, who is a motherfucking baller. He is the funniest person Your ever Your dad's met. dad? Uh, no, my mom's, mom's dad. dad. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's, he's hilarious. He's so funny. But it was very different because... He had dementia for a really long time. He was mm. in his 70s. And when he passed, as much as I was like, I'm really going to miss this person that I know and I like so much. It it just kind of felt right when he passed. Whereas when Carla passed, this, you know, 23 year old girl oh my God. who was perfectly healthy, it felt very, very wrong.
2: It's almost like when you have a gr- grandparent, like an older person who, you know, is on the way out. It's almost like death. And this might sound weird but it's almost like it's like a chapter closing. Like yeah. you're reading it and the chapter comes to a close and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that was a really good book. Yeah. When someone dies unexpectedly, it's like someone snatched the book out of your hand. Yes. When you're That's such a sad metaphor that I just thought of. <laughs> it's like someone snatched the book. Like you're like at the yeah. best part and you're like reading it and you really want to yes. like, you really want to finish this book and see where it goes. And then someone just snatches it out of your hand and throws yes. it on a fire. Like yes. it's a ton of fucking bricks.
1: Yeah. It's, it feels very incomplete. Yeah, and I was talking to someone the other day about how young death just hits you so much differently, and there's so many layers to it. It's that sense of lack of fulfillment. There's that sense of it just being wrong because yeah. we all we know we all die someday. Yeah, but I mean, when it's like when you're over seventy, I feel like it's just like okay, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
2: almost like you
0: hit an age
1: where it's like okay, well, this is it. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm just gonna enjoy some life. Hopefully I'll be like, you know, have some good money and I can like be in Florida for a long time and just enjoy old age, like enjoying old age. Like that's
1: something. Mm -hmm. Well, even 70 is fairly young, but it's still, you know, at least you got to the golden years. You got to the, that's what it is. The gold, like that's where my parents are right now. Like they're in Mm their seventies
2: and it's like, yeah, they're not working. They're happy. They're traveling. Well, not anymore, but you know, like they've traveled, they've taken trips and like they're, you know fulfilling their home like you know creating a good space to like relax and
1: and that's the ideal for most people none Mm. of us think that we're
2: gonna fucking go tomorrow
1: no it's wild it is wild and it also makes you yeah it makes you face your own mortality when somebody your own age passes isn't that insane is it are you someone who um Do you think about your own death a lot? Well, I've been a suicidal person for as long as I can remember. So I've thought about death a lot. But I think one of the reasons why I was always fixated on suicide is the sense of control Mm -hmm. that comes with that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, with my friends, somebody else took her life Mm. and the lack of control that comes with that, Mm. I think, was very, very jarring for me.
2: That's... and and the circumstances surrounding it like the fact that you mentioned still to this day like what's the
1: deal with the case like it's not known it's it's unsolved they originally thought it was a suicide and then they found that it was impossible for it to be a suicide um and then because she was on drugs at the time of her death And not like anything crazy, but she was on illegal drugs at the time of her death. They essentially said it was sketchy, and they refused to continue Mm. investigating. And she was somebody who, like me, uh, Mm. was estranged from her family from a fairly young age. So there was no next of kin to really push it. (sighs) Which is a whole other thing that I'd like to talk about is the whole idea of family and Mm. next of kin. Because so much about our society and the laws around grieving is centered around either you being married to someone or having a blood relation oh. and there are so many other people that you can grieve
2: yes so so people who aren't next of kin can't fight that case
1: is that unless they were either like named in a will right or like can spend a lot of money on a lawyer to <laughs> right 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 so there's there, in,
2: in your situation you couldn't do
1: anything. No, there was very there was very little that I could do to be like, hey, can you uh, find out, please, what happened? Oh, my God. So, I mean, and I think that's, like, the reason why I'm still so unsettled with it is because it's just, like, the uncertainty and never knowing. But more than that, like, the feeling that nobody cared. And that probably,
2: in your mind, and maybe, and let me know if I'm wrong, but, like, do you kind of feel like, in a way... Like, it's unfinished business. Like, it is like for very her. much. Like, yes. like So you're kind of thinking, like, this needs to be solved for her. Yes. Like, w- wherever she is. Yeah. Like, wherever our, our people are when they Oh, die. she's in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Vaughn. <Bon>. They're drinking together, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe she- they met up. <laughs> she's getting them wasted on Jagers, for sure. <laughs> but there is this weird sense of, like... I don't ugh, listen, I have a weird, a very weird relationship with death too. Like mm-hmm. I I would not never say that how do I say this? I mean I have a joke about it. Like I would never say that I've been had a plan for suicide. But it's been more like I've felt so listless that if a car came towards me mm-hmm. I might not Yeah. <laughs> back out of the way yeah you know like i'm I, I wouldn't say that i've been fully to a point where i've thought about like how i would do it da, da, da. but i have had those thoughts of like you i know just not would, get out of the it way it would be nice to not wake up yes it would to be nice all to all just shit. continue to sleep yeah yes and like oof, i gotta like say if you do have serious thoughts yes please get help please get help Please fucking do it. Antidepressants I'm, or Do crates. as I say, not as I do, because I still have not truly talked to anybody and that is on me. Um, but please do it. Do yes. as I say, not as I do. <laughs>
1: Well, that is actually a good point, and I would like to touch on that is because I mentioned that I've been a suicidal person my entire life, but I have in the last year or so found antidepressants that actually work for me. Oh, good. Uh, and I do still get depressed, but I don't get that like, oh my God, I want to kill myself depressed. I'm just like, I'm real sleepy.
2: <laughs> it's a little more toned down,
1: manageable, yes. doable. Yes. It's doable depression. <laughs> yeah. Whereas before it was like, you know, I want to do something about this. Now it's more like, you know, like when you fall asleep halfway through a movie and you're like, not sure if you should like wake yourself up for the rest of it. It's more like that, like that kind of like passive, like there is still something there, but it's just kind of like,
2: and that's something I think like, that's a misconception about, there's a lot of misconceptions about like medication. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will either hear of something like someone doing it or like they've taken one and it just like, they got horrible side effects and it didn't work. And so they, they write
1: everything else off. Yeah. And there's so many different ones. And I will say I've yeah. tried five or six before I found one that worked.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And there you go. And like, so when you when one didn't work, did you
1: feel like oh, I give up or were you just like, I need to find something that works? No, I, I definitely gave up like this was over yeah. 10 years that wow. I was off and on different antidepressants with different side effects and, you know, different Bullshit attached to them and there Were a few times where I found one that would kind Of work and then circumstances Would change and I didn't have benefits And I could not afford them anymore and I had to go Off of them and then You know, there's been a lot of things that played into it, but the ones that I'm on now and I'm not going to say what they are because I don't want people to think I'll just take that one because you really do truly have to find one that works well for you as an individual. Right. But I will say that I am very glad that I continue to look for one because it is well worth it.
2: (laughs) And it's not needed for everybody like Mm -hmm. like there's so many different ways to get help yes is the thing like and and you really just gotta find the thing that works for you and not judge other people for what they do yes like we all are just literally like sacks of blood (laughs) running around the earth with all this like all these mental health issues and Mm -hmm. neuroses and traumas and we're all just trying to like be happy
1: yeah I don't know where I saw it but it was um essentially the scene was somebody was complaining that their brain wasn't working right and somebody else says well it's electrocuted meat
2: yeah and what did you expect yeah. so, like, you gotta like give yourself a break too you truly do cause th- there can be a lot like there's some people who yeah they don't have a lot going on like they're fine and and then there's other people that life life is like here and here yeah. and here and here and then you have to deal with it yes and you're gonna need fucking help at some point yes whether that's meditation whether that's reading a self-help book whether that's going to fucking therapy seeing a doctor like complaining into a microphone complaining into a microphone doing stand-up comedy (laughs) like and one thing i gotta say too is like i like you and adrian like kind of interventioned me recently (laughs) we did a little bit (laughs) I did (laughs) because here's the thing about me like I can be quite dramatic yes Uh, I'm significantly less dramatic as I have been in my past like in my 20s um but like I feel like so much I feel like when I'm down and when things are really bad like you'll know when they're really really bad like you'll really know and then when things are good or, or okay people just don't really know yeah so I feel like sometimes it might seem that I'm worse than what I am yeah to other people but like God love you guys. Like, you guys were legit worried about me and sat yeah. me down. And this was a legitimate fucking inter- I'm not joking, people. I felt like an interrogation. <laughs> okay, well, we love you. <laughs> and I did walk away feeling slightly angry just because I felt so, like, unprepared for it. And, like, these questions coming at me. And then I, like, sat on it. I was like, no. Like, they were legit friends that were worried about me. And they felt like they had to do something. And fucking thankful for that because not everybody has that. But, like, Adrian and Alva sat me down. They were just like, are you okay? What have you been doing? Okay, so you say you're okay, but what have you been doing? <laughs> like, like really brutally honest conversation. Yeah. Um, but it's needed. And yeah. more people should do that. Well,
1: in that situation, we were more <laughs> trying to get a sense of, like, were you hiding additional things that were uh, worse yes. than what they yes. seemed? Yes, because okay. people often do that, right? Yeah. Um, and... You know, we were concerned about you not sleeping enough. We were concerned about you not eating enough, and then <laughs>
2: Which you should be, because I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> this is why, 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 why. I feel like a five year old. Like sometimes I truly feel like I'm like a five year old in a thirty three year old woman's body. Yeah. Like just um, based on how I take how care I myself. do this. How do I how do I go to bed early? How do I? Yeah, but yeah. you know, you're you're right because those things. Sometimes it's as simple as fucking sleeping or eating
1: yes you guys holy shit yep and i know for me like when i'm out and about it is hard to eat properly and i was i was i went vegan while we were in the lockdown and that's i was right. eating nothing but fruits and vegetables and i felt great mm. but that's just not reasonable to do when you're out in the world all the time and you have to get food on the go yeah. and i do significantly notice a difference. When I'm eating junk food all the time,
2: yeah, it, it's it zaps your energy. It, it does. truly fucking it does. Because does. I'm someone I've always considered myself energetic, and lately
1: I've just been feeling so worn. And down. isn't it so weird when you finally eat properly and you're like, I just needed a fucking tomato.
2: <laughs> like, I just had to eat this <laughs> head of lettuce. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a new person. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. You really gotta fucking watch it. And and that's the other thing about like losing somebody. It. <laughs> it really does put into perspective the importance of health yes. Um, because in, in your case, I mean, that's just wildly, that um, is not something that happens. That happens to a small percentage of people. Thank fuck. <laughs> small percentage of people. Um, but like things like, you know, Vaughn died of a heart attack and it's yes. like, yes, he was a big, big guy. Um, so it was, I, I like to say that it was expectedly not, ex- not expected yes, in the sense of like, yeah, you could make sense of it because he, really didn't take care of himself and And he he was very large but yeah 36 is still really fucking young yeah and he was he
1: didn't he wasn't lethargic he was a he was a zippy man Mm -hmm. he was he was very spry and it's he didn't seem ill Mm. by any means i know it's it's hard when it's unexpected like that and And i I can see you watering up that's
2: the thing and that's why i feel for you and your process, because like that was two years ago, mm-hmm. and and then you trying to heal through doing this awesome thing, and then having all this other <laughs> shit happen, and it's just like Jesus Christ, like we're all just really trying to deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the worst moments for you where grief rears its ugly head? In terms of like, because you can be going about your week and it's all good, and then one thing, like, do you have triggers yes. that trigger? Like, either, like, crying or anger or, like... What
1: triggers things for you? Is it seeing pictures of her? Um, That's all sorts of stuff. I mean... I mean, a lot of the things that I love are very closely tied to her. So, like, we worked at the musical theater together. We did karaoke nights together. Um, There used to be a bar where we would do stand-up comedy shows, and then afterwards, her band would play. So, like literally all the things I like to do yeah. are all kind of tied into that and um, so so there are a lot of things that remind me I remember about like three months after it happened I was at Beerly's and I had done a set and I was hanging out afterwards and karaoke started and I just started fucking bawling was
2: that your karaoke night?
1: Beerly's? or was it somewhere else? Yeah, it was karaoke night at Beerley's. Oh, okay. yeah Fuck. and it was just like I was just sitting there and I was talking to the comics and you know how we kind of like just have a last drink and then leave And I just started fucking bawling. And all the comics were like, what's wrong with you? And I could not Mm. explain to them what was going on. Mm -hmm. I was just like a faucet. It It was ridiculous. And then I do get angry sometimes. There's a lot of understandable animosity towards police officers right now. And a lot of the times when things come up about... And it's usually from a racial perspective and i do appreciate that my friend was fortunate enough to be caucasian yeah but i mean her death still wasn't properly investigated no. and that's a pinpoint of a lot of racial issues as well which i do support and i you know i do everything i can to try to do Spread that information, support that cause as much as I can, but it also breaks my heart and it also reminds me and it makes me very, very angry. And I sometimes, like, when I read the stupid comments from the internet, trolls have to check myself right? because I do get very enraged.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because you have a personal tie now to it. Yes. You know, that's a personal tie because her death, yeah, it involved police because it was a crime. Yes. It was, yeah. So, like... That, oh, God, and I I bet, because 2020 has been a cunt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's a good way to put it. And it's really shined a lot of light on the police stuff. And now that you have that personal tie, I bet you that that was a huge trigger. Yeah. For sure. Sucks. Oh, my God. I find that for me, it's very strange because I thought things like, Going to Gus's mm-hmm. would trigger me, or like even just being at a stand-up comedy show with Travis and Catherine and like his friends. I thought that that would trigger me too, and it oddly enough hasn't. Okay, for me, it's when I go to bed. Mm. So I usually go to bed every night, and most nights I replay Richard's voice telling me, "Oh yeah," and like, and then I just I it's very hard for me to still accept it. Mm-hmm. I've accidentally almost texted him a couple of times. Oh, yeah. That's been, yeah, it's weird because I never thought, I never thought um, that I went through denial. I thought I skipped that step entirely yeah. when I, when I found out, like I thought I, cause what, how does it go? It goes denial, I don't know what the I stages don't remember are. what the stages Let's are, but honestly, up. you
1: don't really do them in order. You really don't. You bounce back and forth between. Because for me, it's been two years, and I'll still have moments where I legitimately forget, yeah. and I'll go to tell her something, and then I'll remember, mm-hmm. and then it's like I'm finding out for the first time all over again. Isn't that wild? Yes. <laughs> and for me, like, it's weird
2: because it's not all hours of the day that I'm like faced with this. Mm-hmm. But it's just these little, little tiny moments of like, I wish he was here for this, Mm -hmm. or I wish he was here to like give me his stupid take on what's happening right now. And more specifically for me, it's like Vaughn was my friend that I would, (laughs) and I think I was this for him. So I think I'm fair in saying this. But like, we both had a lot of friends separately. Yes, like we met and we we bonded, but like we were kind of um, each other's last resort friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the sense of, like, all of our other friends are busy. I what are, are you, you c- doing? Yeah, what are you doing? You want to come over? Yeah, sure. And I didn't realize how much I missed that. Yes. Yeah, and just the casualness of it. The casualness of it and just the idea of, like, no matter what, I knew that he was like me and he loved me talking to people, yes. like hanging out with people. And I knew if Vaughn doesn't have plans, that he's no down. That no pressure hang. The no, no pressure hang. If he's free, he'll be down to hang. I'll mm-hmm. call Andrew. Yeah. And I I never knew how much I missed that. Yeah. Like I tr- it's truly, um, you really got to
1: appreciate those last resort friends. Well, and I guess it was kind of similar with Carla because like we worked together, we performed at the same places together. She was in my brother's band. I rarely made plans with her, but I would see her five days a week because she was just always somewhere. Like, yeah. I would just show up and she'd be there. She's and I was, that implemented into your life. Yeah, exactly. And I just... I went back home for a wedding and it was just so weird. Like, I kept waiting for her to just pop up mm. and she <sighs> didn't and it was weird. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. And, like, who...
2: This is the thing about grief. I feel like there is no end point.
1: Yes. And that's there one of the other no things I wanted to talk about is people, especially those who have never lost anybody, are empathetic for about a week. Yeah. And then there's all these afterthoughts. Like, it's been two years for me. And I'm yeah. obviously still upset about it. And there's so much advice and so much help when it's something is fresh. Yep. And, you know, your job has to give you bereavement leave. People will tell you to go your strength. People will let you cry on their shoulders. But it's mm-hmm. all that stuff that comes later. Yeah, there's no guidebook on, and people are not always that empathetic about it. They're like get over it. It's been yeah. so long ago. Yeah, yeah. why are you still thinking? I saw um, it was just like a meme or something, but it said, "If you don't understand why somebody is still grieving, consider yourself lucky." Mm.
2: Oh, oof. Yeah, yeah, that hits real fucking hard. Another thing I saw that was interesting about grief was a cartoon. And it was um I can't remember exactly, but it was it was something like depending on the day, grief will manifest itself in a different way. Yes. So sometimes it's a little tiny handbag, and yeah. sometimes it's a large bag, sometimes it's a grocery bag, sometimes it's a motherfucking suitcase. Yeah. Like And so like on the best day, it might be a handbag. So you Mm -hmm. might think of the person once Mm -hmm. or like, but I still don't think a day goes by that I don't think about
1: Andrew. Like, well, it was still pretty recent.
2: Yeah. But even still, I'm just like, I can't, I find myself scared. This is another weird insecurity I have. I find myself scared that I'm going
1: to forget about him or forget memories. Yes. And that's something I want to come back to too, is like, sometimes I'll go a few days without thinking about her and then I feel guilty. That I wasn't thinking about her. Oh my goodness. And like, what a weird thing that is. And you were also saying about um, listening to that message from Richard. Because she was a musician. um, There'll be days where I'm like, I just want to listen to one of her songs and just rock out to it. Like Mm -hmm. in a good way. Like in a positive way. And then I'll hit repeat.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: the next time I'll be a little sadder. And I'll end up being like 3 a.m. And I've listened to the song like 75 times. Because I just let myself sink into it. And that's what I'm trying to say with like good grief. Because there's the grief you should do like listening to Andrew's album listening to Carla's song that you should do and you should honor that person and remember them but then it's very easy to slip into dwelling obsess yes Mm -hmm. yeah Mm
2: -hmm. that is I think something that I did wrong in the initial stages of grieving I overdid it I think I think that I Was like ooh old podcast. I'm just gonna listen to all our old episodes and you know and I and I forced myself to like compile this like, which I'm still very proud that I did. I did like a tribute episode to him like a week later, Um, which is lovely and wonderful. And it was really good and and I think people. I think oh here we go. Here's something deep. I think what happened there. In my brain, I think my codependency came through and I was like, I need to make others happy. Yeah. Other people... I need to give this to them other, to help them. Other people are going to need to hear this. Other people are going to want to listen. And, and I, when I say that, I think I'm thinking more about his friends that weren't as close to him. Like, I'm not necessarily thinking of Travis and Dan and mm-hmm. Catherine. With people like myself. Because mm-hmm. I think they were like, I very much so can't listen to his voice yet. And I understand mm-hmm. that, too. Mm-hmm. I understand it being too hard. Yes. Um and I don't know how I was able to do all of that. I think part of it was a comfort thing. But I think another part of it was for my, like a defense mechanism on my end to go, this will help other people. Yes. So I
1: should do it. I can't fix me, so I'll fix you. Yep.
2: And now I'm at a point where it's very hard for me to hear old clips. And I, I so I did it the opposite. Yes. Yeah. I I <laughs> I've been dealing with things in the opposite way. And it's yeah, it's strange. I accidentally imported in the boys club ad last week by mistake oh, and intoxicated geez. by mistake. And it 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 made me spiral. I messaged Travis and I was just like, I just accidentally put the boys club ad in. I and I can't. I can't yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. But it's he good grieving. So, So you think it's important to give yourself that? the comfort of that person's like i i would even say legacy like yes. their music is a legacy comedy is a legacy um and that's can we just talk about how lucky we are that we have that like yeah you have songs of hers and i, I have can't imagine losing
1: somebody and just yeah. having like nothing 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 to hold on to like maybe you have pictures. no sound of their voice no yeah oh my goodness yeah that would be i i my heart goes out to anybody who's in that situation yeah um, how do you stop yourself from obsessing? Like,
2: I organize comedy shows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Overbook myself so I have plans. I gotta go. Yup.
2: Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think throwing yourself into to productivity and things that make you feel good. Well,
1: yeah, what I did last year is I ended up, I rented myself a hotel room so I could be alone and I got a lot of booze and a lot of weed and I found every single song she ever wrote every painting she ever did every like little clip of every play I could find I found everything and I spent two days just going over it over and over and over and over and over again mm. and just like in a drunken high state of just like repeating these things over to myself over yeah. and over again and so this year I was like I'm gonna do not that, <laughs> that <laughs> as you not you're describing that, I'm yeah. like Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, was, it was bad. Um, yeah. But at the time, I thought, that that's, I thought that that would make me feel better. I thought that that's what I needed at the time. And it actually did become fairly clear to me by like the second day that it was a poor decision. Mm-hmm. But by that time, I was like kind of too far in. And this was like, I'm in a very different place this year than I was last year. I was already very depressed. Um, that was right after I'd gotten laid off as well. And it was, it was, it was, it was genuinely a worse time for me that was before I got on the right antidepressants that's before I got you know consistent therapy mm-hmm. I was a very different mental health person so at that you've time. evolved since then very much so and like this year I preemptively was like hey therapist this is what I did last year how do I not do that <laughs> And
2: oh my gosh, like, I mean, just the having therapy, like, so has therapy
1: been huge for you and getting there, like getting better it at coping? It has. It absolutely has. And I would recommend it for anybody. And I think a lot of people think that you have to be severely mentally ill or severely troubled to get mental mm-hmm. health help. And like, I've talked about him quite a bit. Like I do have a brother that is very mentally ill. He has schizophrenia. He requires full time care. And I always thought that I wasn't sick enough yeah. to get help. You know, that, like, my... Oh, oh, boo-hoo, I'm sad. Who am I to, you know, use these resources where there's other people who need it more? Mm. But I now think every single person should have therapy. Yeah. Every single I mean, it fucking should be, person. I think.
2: I think, at the very least, everyone on Earth should be given, like, one or two a year. You know? At the bare minimum. Like, and that's, like... <laughs> that's
1: bare men it should be more than that well the other thing is though is that you don't make a lot of progress in that hour hour. that's true you really don't and there are times where you feel like it's a waste of time because you're like i only get one session this week i yep or like i only get eight sessions a year (sighs) and then through my work and the rest i have to pay for so there's been times where i'm like i've already used three for this year and we haven't done shit what the fuck you know what that's understandable i would compare it to like a podcast so i feel like
2: with therapy yeah you do one session that's like an hour i know that's an hour but let's say you and i sat down and we only had 20 minutes to record Mm -hmm. we wouldn't get this yeah what's happening right now out of it Mm -hmm. Like like my new job that I'm working like you know we typically record for an hour and they out of that hour they only post twenty minutes but in order for them to get those twenty minutes of good you got drag stuff out you need you need stuff around it because not everyone's just gonna sit down and go these are all my traumas these are my bad habits how do I yes. fix it. Like, he, mm-hmm. you got to draw stuff out of people. Well, and you no, also we, have to get, really get to know people, I imagine, in therapy. It's been a while since I've been in therapy, but I imagine a lot of it is really getting to know you.
1: Yeah, well, and the like, other thing is, is if we were perfectly aware of what our problems were and where they came from, then we could solve them our fucking selves. Yeah. Like, usually we attribute the wrong things. Yep. We think it's because of one thing and it's because of something else. Yeah.
2: Yep. But also, too, and I used to think self-awareness was, like, such a huge part. But I've been thinking about it, and it's like, awareness is only part of it. Because, like, you can still be aware and not change your behavior. Yes, and
1: you could just be like, oh, that's just how I am. Exactly. Yeah. And also, fucking,
2: motherfucking childhood stuff is so deep-rooted. Well,
1: and it's funny, because when people are child... childs (laughs) when children complain about things i feel like we patronize them so much and we act like their problems don't matter but then as adults when we look at our trauma so much of it is rooted in childhood shit so maybe we should just take the children a little bit more seriously we nip this stuff in the bud we really should children should be able to access therapy Or, like,
2: a third-party person who can talk to them about, like, what's going on.
1: Yeah. Like, I was on the bus this morning, and there were these kids. They were, like, in middle school. And these two girls were clearly talking about... The one girl was... Her parents were going through a divorce. And they were talking about how she was really upset that their yearly traditions weren't going to be followed because she was staying with, like, the other parent and the step-parent. And... Somebody else on the bus, like somebody older than ourselves was like rolling their eyes and being like, you know, that look of like, that really doesn't matter. Like, just shut up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that does matter. That yes. is
2: hard. That's going to shape that person. Yeah.
1: And that's going to be something she remembers for the rest of her life. And that's yeah. that's a, that's a very formative experience. Oh, my God. But just seeing somebody dismiss that. yep, Was like it made it so clear to me.
2: Yep. Oh, my gosh. Controversial question for you? Do you think okay, okay, your and I's like comedy is very much so like like we're very honest about mental health things yes. and a little dark and a little honest and like, do you think someone can truly be really funny if they've had a really good childhood? <sighs> this is something I think about all the time. Someone who's grown up with no issues,
1: I think that they can be funny. I think it's harder to be relatable. That's what it is. It's the relatable thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause most people haven't. Yes. So like in order for yeah, in order for you to relate to those people, you need to talk about your fucked up childhood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and all of us have something. And yeah. those of us who have maybe had it more extreme, that really plays well because people really attach onto that. There's a reason why every single superhero's backstory has their parents being killed. That's right. Because it's such, it's such a relatable thing to be like, that would shape the rest of your life. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it forms your character. Yes.
2: It really, really does. The stages of grief, so I have them here. Okay. Um, Are denial, anger, Mm -hmm. bargaining, and depression, and acceptance. So I've never really understood bargaining. That's... Yeah, that's one that I don't really get. So let's see what it says. Uh, during grief, you may feel vulnerable and helpless. In those moments of intense emotions, it is not uncommon to look for ways to regain control. Okay. Or to want to feel like you can affect the outcome of an event.
1: I guess... Okay, what that
2: if makes I, more sense. If only... Oh, the if only... Mm-hmm. If only statements... Um. I relate to big time because, you know, on the night that Andrew died, he was telling me he had chest pains. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I rough. still... And, and people tell me, you couldn't have done anything. You, you would have told him to go to the doctor and he wouldn't have gone because he was a stubborn asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but I
1: still... Like that's a huge thing for me. Like I still hold on to that. Yeah. Like the th- th- not. And I understand him. that, and um, I feel for you, and I wish you wouldn't, but like I do completely understand. Yeah. It's really tough. Well, and even like more detached, like with my friend, I was like, well, if I still lived there, I could have done something.
2: No, I just also would have been dead. <laughs> like, right, but that's our like, brains trying to go. Oh, okay, we could have. Like, maybe we could have controlled that. Yeah. like maybe life isn't just totally
1: random and like. Yes, it's the um the sense of a fair world, mm-hmm. a just mm-hmm. world, kind of the ra- the need to rationalize it.
2: Yeah. What are the other ones? So then, yeah, depression. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. Um. I think, like, do you have an idea of, like, how you've been navigating through these? Like, which one did you feel first?
1: Oh, definitely denial. denial. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much, now that I think of it, went through it, like, pretty much verbatim.
2: Really? Yeah, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance.
1: Well, and even with the acceptance, I don't think acceptance necessarily needs to mean that you're over it, for sure. Um, But it just means kind of... It doesn't mean that you stop being sad about it or that you stop wanting to reminisce about it. It just means that you're just like, okay, this is a thing and I need to deal with it. That's right. And I think that's where I'm at this year and like why I was trying to keep myself busy rather than letting myself sink into it. I was like, okay. The anniversary is on this date. I'm going to be sad. What can I do preemptively to prepare myself for it?
2: That's very mature. And that shows that you've grown self-love for
1: yourself because you're giving yourself that. Yes. Well, yeah. And I think even last year I would have felt guilty about that. And I would have been like, I'm making it about me and it should be about her. But really, she would want you to make it about yes like you know she would want you to go about it in a healthy way so that it's benefiting you yes and really there's only one of us that's left to hurt
2: yeah (laughs) oh did you just hit yourself (laughs) yeah ow my heart um except well yeah what does it say here acceptance is not necessarily a happy or uplifting stage of grief it doesn't mean you've moved past the grief or loss. See, it's like I wrote it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it does, however, mean that you've accepted it and have come to understand what it means in your life now. Mm. You may feel very different at this stage. That's entirely ex- expected. Um, you've had a major change in your life, and that uh, appends the way you feel about many things. Look to acceptance as a way to see that there may be more. Good days than bad. Ooh, that's huge. And that there may may still be bad, and that's okay. Oh, That's yeah. actually really well said. Yes, it the is. The more good days than bad. Because, yeah, you're going to have more... As time goes on, you'll have more good days. Um, you're going to develop healthier coping mechanisms around yeah. that grief. And then when the bad days come, they won't be terrible they'll just be shitty like they'll just be they'll just be they'll be shitty but
1: manageable that's right yeah that's right like you won't spiral you'll just be like okay this sucks right now i just need a minute (laughs) yeah and like
2: how do you so when you are in those um the really dark the the bad bad days yeah do you are you someone who like wants people around you Or are you very much so like, leave me to it? Leave me to it.
1: It really depends. It It really depends on the day. Very much so. Um, And I think one of the things with grief is if you do want to be around people, you want to be around people either that did know them really well or people who didn't know them at all. And that depends on your mood. Oh, that's huge. Yes. So being around people that didn't know them at all, you get to tell your version of them and just reminisce Mm. all the good parts. And being around people who also knew them, there's that sense of like empathy and like communal grieving and that kind of thing. And both are very healing, but it's hard to know what you need when. And like for me, Mm. where I'm from Alberta and I live here now, that's been one of the hard parts is like. Nobody Mm. here knew her. (laughs) That's right. No one did. Yeah. So like I've done Skype calls and stuff with people back home, but there is something unique about like sitting down with someone. Face to face. Someone who also knew them. Someone who was also like impacted by their life.
2: Yes. And is feeling the same things as you are. Yes. Because people I mean, it's I I weirdly get it it's strange how death like when death happens to other people, Mm -hmm. it's strange How it hits you differently depending on the person who died. Yes. Like, I always think about that in terms of, like, celebrity deaths. Yeah. Like,
1: certain ones, like, hit you weirdly bad, and Mm -hmm. others just don't at all. Yeah. It's very, very weird. Yeah. And, like, sometimes with celebrity deaths, I'm just like, you didn't know the person get over it. But at the same time, it is, like, it is tragic. Yeah. And it is well fandom is a whole different thing (laughs) yeah it's a whole different ball i mean we need another three hours we need that's another podcast
2: i'd love to do a podcast about that because i've gone through so many cycles of fandom with different people Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm an insane fan i had someone tell me that actually somewhat recently be like you're just like you are a fan like it's like not even specific to anyone. He's like you're a fan type of person. Yeah. Like you yeah. can lock onto someone and really like obsess over them. I'm like, yeah, that's me.
1: No shame. Well,
2: no. no shame in the game. It.
1: Um I did actually buy a book by one of my favorite vocalists when I was going through all this stuff. Cause I feel like I don't know, like sometimes you just gotta attach to things. You do, yeah, you do. And it, it's it's fun, it makes you feel good. Yeah.
2: It does. Um,
1: what the fuck was I gonna say? I had a thought. That was a tricky... About
2: grief. We, what were we just talking about before fandom?
1: Oh, whether you want people who knew them or people who didn't around. No, I'm just trying to... Th- yeah, that's
2: interesting. I find... I find that... I find it way more comforting to be around people who knew them just yes. as well. I find a, a weird sense of relief and comfort. Mm-hmm. And I thought initially that I would break down more around those people. But I actually find it... Far more confident, and the moments that I break down are usually when I'm around people who didn't know him.
1: Yes. And he comes up. It's very strange. Yeah, well, because it's when very you're, strange. you're with people who did know them, it's like you're kind of holding the fort together. Yeah. Whereas when you're around people who didn't, that's, it feels like it's your burden alone.
2: Ooh, that's a that's a good metaphor, too. Yeah, like you're holding out the fort together kind of thing. <laughs> did you have a, um? did you go to a, like a funeral or. Um, like anything happen on that side of things?
1: There wasn't really a funeral to go to, um, but we did have like a big, and I ended up joining via Skype, um, like a big thing where everybody brought in like paintings and costume pieces and just like clips and like everything they had of hers, and we put them in a big room and everybody just kind of talked about it Aww. which was really really sweet. That's really nice. Mm-hmm.
2: She seemed like she was multi-talented. Yes. Yeah, she was very artistic
1: and there's some of her <laughs> artistic hobbies. She was a little bit uh too enthusiastic about how she good she actually was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was a terrible seamstress tr- like okay. her costumes we're so like bumpy, bumpy. <laughs> lumpy, 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 what they were. <laughs> like they weren't good. Um, but yeah, like she was very funny. She was a very good vocalist. Um, she was an OK bass player. And uh, yeah, like she did a lot of things. And wow. I'm very grateful, as you said, that I have all these things. Up that's first.
2: something. Yeah, that's something that I, I, I think it's because I'm, I'm surrounded by so many creative people. Oh, yeah. Min Min, you OK? Did Andrew come and freak you out? um i'm surrounded by so many creative people i often forget that like there's yeah there's some people who's didn't make music didn't put podcasts out like didn't like and yeah wow that's i'm really gonna appreciate that Mm -hmm. going forward i think just the the legacy factor yes the leg the idea of leaving a legacy behind Mm -hmm. um is interesting do you feel the need to do that for her in some way
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I definitely feel the need to, like, keep the memory kind of going to keep things going to, you know, share the things that she did. But, I mean, I also understand that you can't really shove that in people's faces. No,
2: (laughs) no, no, no. But I think it can come out in ways that aren't necessarily seen as legacy, like, you know. How you you live your life? Like maybe yes. you live your life a bit more like that person because yes. you you really appreciated an aspect of how they live yeah. their life. Yeah, well, you so mentioned you like on. my
1: fearless sense of style, and that is definitely thanks to her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there you go. Hondo so that's, that's
2: part of the legacy. Yeah. Oh, like that makes me feel really nice, actually. Like you... Like, every time that you're now thinking before a comedy show, is this too much, just think about, like, what she would say about it. Oh, that's sweet. I'm gonna cry. Yeah, no, that... It's those little tiny things. Yeah. Like, I think that we have to, like, carry, carry on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really tough. I don't know. Like, do you have any advice for anyone who might be going through like, a particularly really really bad tragedy or, like, the loss of someone unexpectedly.
1: Any advice, like, that you would say? Get help even if you think you don't need it yet. Mm. It's better sooner than later. Yeah. That would be my one major piece is don't let it... Manage yourself before you spiral, not afterwards. It's Mm. a lot easier to do before the fact. That's right. But if you do spiral that's okay that's okay too yeah <laughs> that's okay and you just do what you can from that point and whatever point you're at just do what you can from that point mm-hmm. and there is all you can do is try to do a little bit better mm. Ugh.
2: yeah be slightly better than the day before exactly don't don't aim to be 200 percent better yes and, and that goes that's not even just in grief that's in life in general yeah we, we got to fucking take the
1: pressure off ourselves. So I got another question for you. Ooh, question for me. Do you think that someone has to pass away in order to feel grief? No, them? not at all. Um, I've been lately
2: talking about the idea of grieving. Ugh, this is going to get sad and I'm sorry, but like grieving. Um, dreams or things that I thought. I've been grieving the things that I thought I would have at
1: this point. Yes. So grieving opportunity. Yeah. Grieving um, your
2: vision of your life. My vision of my life. Like, I do not like that I'm 33 and have no prospects for, like, a long-term relationship. I do not like that this means that I'm probably never going to be able to afford a house. Um, I don't like that this means that traveling is going to be pricier. For Like, it's just kind of this weird snowball of, like, because... Where does this put me? where does this put me? And like, and unfortunately, even just how I did that order, it's all wrapped up in love and wanting love and wanting a relationship. And I've just been trying to go, okay, I don't have this yet. I don't have the partnership, the long-term relationship that could lead to all these other dreams I have. Um, how do I get these dreams without the that <laughs> without that, and how do I let go of that need for that part for that? because my issue is, and I know that this is my issue, is that I really want it, and I want it so fucking bad that I'm probably never gonna get it. <laughs> that's just that's just the fact of the matter. um, and so I've been grieving, yeah. I've been grieving the opportunity of like loving someone and i what I've been just trying to do is I've just been trying to like go, how do I take that and put that into myself and my friendships yeah. and like my little passion. Yeah. Exactly. And that's fucking hard. It and I don't, hard. I don't know if I'm doing it right, but that is another big part of grief is grieving opportunity. Yes. I would say grieving friendships is fucking huge. I've lost a fuck ton of friends over the past two years. Fuck ton. Yeah. And that's hard even to this day because, yeah, I think of, like, people People say, picture the deathbed analogy. Like, picture what you would be thinking about if you were on your deathbed. Mm-hmm. Like, would you be thinking, like, should I have made amends with this person? Should I have, like, all these regrets and stuff? And it's, like, really tough for me because, I don't know, the, fr- the friendship side of things is tricky. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, those older friendships... Are worth trying to make amends yeah. or not? So that's kind of what where I'm at. But I think yeah, yeah grief of opportunity, grief of friendships, mm-hmm. and of yeah, and that the opportunity thing goes into men too, right? Because I've mm-hmm. been involved with so many men where it's like, well, what could have happened if we were together? Involved with so many men. <laughs> that sounds weird, but yeah. like I, you know, I actually I have been. I mean, not in the standard form of like dating, but like I've I've had a lot of what ifs. Yes. Yeah. What if guys? What if guys But grief of opportunity is huge
1: Yes Yeah that is a big thing Because
2: we picture our lives a certain way And then when you start to realize you might not get that It's really tough
1: Well and people always ask you when you're young Where do you think you'll be at 25 Where do you think you'll be at 30 And I think it adds a lot of unnecessary pressure Yeah and that goes back to how women are socialized Like we're Mm -hmm. We
2: are socialized to like be the You're
1: only worthy and vibrant if you're young
2: Yeah Yeah. Oh, I also have a question back to you, but
1: we're just going to keep going. I love this. Um, Do you
2: believe in ghosts? Do you believe in do you believe in um,
1: spirit like spirit hanging around? Uh, I struggle with this one um, because I've always taken a lot of comfort in the fact that like at some point it's just fucking over and you can just chill. Like, that's very comforting to me for my personal sake is like, I just want to know yeah. at some point that it's just over. Yeah. But at the same time, like I do feel that people leave something behind and I don't think it's like, you know, Ghostbusters, but I do think <laughs> that it is, you know, the sense this yeah, kind feeling of energy in the world. Yeah.
2: A feeling. Yeah, for sure. So you've never had like a paranormal experience or anything?
1: I mean, I there when I was a kid, I thought I had some, but as an adult, I can objectively be like, "Nah, you probably didn't." <laughs> oh, really? Like, did you think that you saw things? Oh, yeah, really? Um, I probably at one point had a case of sleep paralysis paralysis,
2: that shit is terrifying. It is terrifying.
1: And when you're a kid and even if somebody explains it to you, you're like, nah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And that's some real thing. Like, that's a real thing that happens.
1: Yeah, and it's terrifying.
2: And that's your mind. I mean, it's real. I know that it seems paranormal, but it is actually real. It's just your mind, like, playing tricks on you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I always wondered that because I do know that, like, another thing that a lot of people do in their grieving is they go to mediums to try to, like... Would you ever do that?
1: I honestly considered it, and I never thought that I would, um, and I probably won't. But like, it was—it was a thought for quite a while. I feel like for
2: you in particular, just where there's that like unfinished aspect to her death. I don't know. I don't. Well, wanna, so I want don't want to it. predict anything, but like, it might actually help you. Like, if you, if something, because can you imagine how comforting it would be to like hear. Someone else say maybe, like, a phrase that you and her only shared. Yeah. Wouldn't that be wild? It would be.
1: Um, I think that primarily I don't think that she's a ghost because I know that she's a saucy bitch and she'd be a dick as a ghost.
2: (laughs) I knew Straight something was coming up. as you were
1: leaning into that. I was like, I know
2: something's coming now. She would have done something by now, eh? Oh yeah, she would have like, she would have stirred it up. She would have like knocked over some water or like,
1: yeah, she would have, she would have hot boxed my bedroom. That's what she would have done. She'd given you a ghost contact high. Yeah, yeah. I never liked smoking weed. I still don't like it, and she somehow always managed to convince me to do it. Oh my gosh, I haven't experienced
2: anything yet, and I'm pissed. Because I really do believe in ghosts, and I fucking challenge y'all ghosts. This is a challenge. Come at I'm me, there. bitch.
1: Come at me, bitch. Maybe this motion will help. Are they into this? Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, if there's any ghosts in this room, oh, I guess the candles already flickering. Blow out one of these candles. Nah, y'all are pussies. <laughs>
1: I would have shit my pants.
2: I would've shit my pants if something would have happened there. Yeah, they could be shy. They could be. Oh my god,
1: we gotta play. Okay, I have a new way to end the episode. Okay. Wait
2: a second, though. I, gotta my,
1: uh, I gotta get my phone. So what if there are ghosts, but like they're all just introverts? I should
2: write that down. You really should. That's funny. Like that. Like maybe they're just maybe they're just watching. Yeah. Like not, like they're they're in the corner. Yes watching they're into uh cock holding yeah oh i have a new cock holding joke there's places to go so there's two two things um we're gonna start with the the new segment on this podcast i didn't tell you about this beforehand Mm. so feel free to decline any of these okay if if it's like too much or you don't want to do it but uh it's called the intoxicated challenge
1: oh god and this is for
2: guests that are okay being being open about their lives um, oh, I'm such a
1: closed book I never disclose anything
2: <laughs> so you, you have a couple options you can pick one okay um, I'm wondering if I should do the text one because I feel like it's lame the first one is you got to pull up your camera roll and okay. on the first grid you, you need to let me see the first like you pull up your camera roll and you know how there's like the grid on the first you don't I won't scroll but I need to see the first page of your camera roll Oh, that's
1: gonna be lame though
2: Will it? Yeah. So the other option is you need to pull up your Google
1: search bar. It's going to be boring too. See my I will show this. It's just all comedians headshots. Is it oh, ah! a picture of a dog with a turkey on its head? It is kind of lame. There's <laughs> nothing juicy in there. Right, lame. Yeah. No nudes, I'm sorry. No nudes? Do you do voice memos? Um, I do, but they're all just comedy. They're all um, just comedy? Maybe the com- the Google search one. will. Yeah, so if you click on the tab on the
2: Google search, I want to see what comes up as your recent searches. I don't even know how to look that up.
1: So, all technology it, this. All it is is... It's probably just me trying to
2: spell Oh, you words. don't have the Google app, do you? No. Um, how do you just go to, like... So, if you just type... Okay, here we go. This might pull up something. I'll, I won't look, but like, really, all you do is you click there and see if like any recent searches come up.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's hear them. And, and let- nothing exciting. Um, yeah, nothing exciting. I'm so sorry. What do you get? It's my own address the Bridge Tournament, <laughs> Admiral Insurance, Halifax Weather, Facebook, Scotiabank, TD, Wrong Order, Guilty Me, Men's and Molly's, Chanel number two. If you know what was. <laughs> <is. laughs> I'm keeping that in because it's at the end. <laughs> Fuck it. That's um, funny. Bandcamp Angel Eyes and 51, my address spelt incorrectly and how many... Okay, this one's up. This was research for a joke. How many buttons are on a PlayStation controller?
2: <laughs> I love the Google search <laughs> one. There's always one <laughs> one that is just... Totally wild. I love that. That succeeded. That that succeeded my expectations oh, good, there. Good. Um, the other So the other two things is like, okay, so I usually end by like asking you something you really love about yourself, something that you don't like about yourself that you're working on. This is all with
1: Therapy on this podcast. Something I like about myself is that I have developed better coping mechanism. I will give myself... What? on the back for that. Fuck yeah. I'm proud of myself for that one. Um, Something I'm working on is that, um, yeah, I regained all the weight that I lost. <laughs> mm. Oh, <laughs> Try <but> that's, again. <laughs> that's not, that's like, that's, what about like an emotional thing? An emotional thing. I cry too easy. Really? Yeah. But do you have to work on that? I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of times I have to clarify with people like I'm not as upset as my face is yes oh i get that a lot too though Mm -hmm. because
2: i I feel like i'm naturally not smiley i am naturally smiley but like when i cry
1: like it just
2: yeah yeah it's a faucet i'm actually the same i can cry really easily and a lot of times do you ever have moments where you're like i need to cry but i need a trigger and you purposely Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and i watched this
2: is us (laughs) i watch animal rescue Videos. Any animal rescue, TikTok, working on a joke about this. TikTok, you're fucking evil sometimes in, in how you throw things my way. Because what TikTok will do is it'll introduce me to a cat that somebody rescued and it's very intriguing. And then they'll say, like for part two, follow for part two. And I go to part two and that cat has gotten sick. And so now I'm invested. Now I want to know more about Fluffy. And then they go, like for part three. And I assured you, and guess what? That cat dies. That's Fuck horrible. You. Fuck you, TikTok. That's horrible. So many, so many of them are like that. Sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant. But that-
1: <laughs> why why you follow dead cats.
2: <laughs> but that's why TikTok, I, sometimes I need to cry. And the easiest way to make me cry is to show me like an animal that's like <laughs> about to die or hurting or like, or an animal that has been rescued and has a new life. Those are good too. Yes. That's, Those are the happy cry. ones or are, are really, really good. Um, awesome. So that's a, we're going to wrap up because this was this was heavy.
1: Yeah. And that was long. too.
2: This was a heavy epi. And but honestly, like, thank you so much for coming on. This was really good and like needed. I think.
1: Yeah, it was both it was therapeutic. These
2: Very therapeutic. And we actually we went
1: the length of two candles. We did.
2: We literally burned the candles um where can people well the spooky show would have already happened but yeah. you, you gotta stay tuned for potentially more comedy shows yes. uh where can people find you follow me Um i'm headlining the ladies show
1: at oasis
2: come to ladies night yes because when this comes out it'll be a couple of days away come to ladies night so this is tuesday november 3rd at oasis november
1: 3rd right i think it's the fourth i think i'm right all right you want to fucking bet on it i'll i'll bet I'm correct. Ah, Third,
2: um, yeah, well, I, I'll be there on the fourth. All <laughs> this headline ladies night. And I'm hosting ladies night, so it's the perfect opportunity for you guys to come out and see us. And we're normally
1: funnier and less depressing. <laughs> just throw yes. that out there. This is not what yeah. we do when we do stand up. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's very very true. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I would just hate for somebody to like follow me for stand up and then pull this up and be like, what? <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, definitely come to Ladies Night. Um, it's pay what you can. It's on election night.
1: I'm not going to have any political jokes. Are you going to have any political jokes? Probably some light ones. Some light ones. Yeah. It's not really going to be heavily focused on that. I mean, it's more no. of a distraction from the election than yeah. about the election. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But definitely come out. I think Adrienne's on the show as well. No. she's Oh, not. She's, Kirsten, is Kirsten? Kirsten is. Kirsten is. Kirsten Sanchez. Yes. I don't know who else is on it. I hope to get the li- line up soon so I can memorize it Kirsten,
1: and yeah, pronounce everybody's favorites.
2: name. Like... <laughs> over and over and over and over again
1: that's Um, the nice thing about making your own lineup is you can pick people whose names you know how to say (laughs) yeah exactly i'll never forget i was hosting a show one time and um i still can't fucking pronounce his name brian picnic face brian oh yes recording yes i could not figure out how to pronounce his last name and it was at
2: um a pot lounge what happened here yeah i knew i was running out of space oh Um. well that's the end then (laughs) (laughs) let's just see if we can we'll just close it out
1: yeah oh yeah brian from picnic face brian mccrory yeah you couldn't say mccrory i couldn't say his last name and i was it was at a pot lounge and i don't smoke weed as i mentioned so it was like accidentally high and i was trying to introduce him and i was like brian maybe brian (laughs) (laughs) this is just brian yeah um we're gonna end this
2: episode before my computer crashes yeah but i'm gonna we're just gonna close it out I can't thank you enough for coming on. I love you to death. Uh, for having me, y- you get to do the honors. <gasps> Ringing the bell, do you, tease me? you can do it.